Hello. And welcome to the Dramatized Podcast. I am traumatized. <laughs> also, I'm Lisa Ellis. I'm also traumatized. Uh, uh, but you could also call me Allison Peachy. And uh, welcome. <laughs> totally lost my place because I went off book. Um, we're here. We're here to discuss the final two episodes of 2521 and what episodes they were. I we've seen the discourse. We've seen the reactions. The show is now called "quote unquote" that show. It's getting the Voldemort treatment. Oh wow! So uh, there's a lot to be said. Uh, also, we look like fools because we joked about 9/11 as a plot point. <laughs> now we're the joke. <laughs> that wasn't on my K drama bingo. <laughs> I never go into anything like I and this is this is like, so stupid but we were both pretty young when 9/11 occurred right um and so it was like kind of mixed emotions for me I was like this is such a weird place for them to like be bringing this up but also I guess it makes sense and then some of <laughs> some of Eugene's fears maybe we can talk about this then <laughs> I was yeah, like yeah. this is so relatable as a person <laughs> Who was alive right then? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I like the uh, the Korean perspective on nine eleven. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm I'm really grateful for it. We really needed it in the in the discourse. <laughs> we did. So so yeah. I guess um you know I won't I won't belabor it too much because uh-huh. both of our episodes were like freaking movie length, and yeah, I really think we're long. gonna have a lot to say. So I guess we'll get going. But first. A little business. Um, a little for first little. What do they call it when you go to the theater? Some like house notes. An, oh yeah, housekeeping. Oh yes, yeah, some some housekeeping. First of all, we are going to be taking a break next week, uh, just to just to take some time off, recharge a little bit. So we will be back on the twenty seventh of April with a new show. And that new show is Business Proposal. Woo-hoo! We have some business, some business proposal. Oh, yeah. You know, Lisa, hold on. We could go back and redo that and be like, I, yeah. we're going to propose to take a break. Here's a little <gasps> a business note at the front end of the thing. Oh, my God. I Ugh, love it. Stupid. Allison, you should have been doing this intro. I'm so dumb. I'm so sorry. No, I'm dumb. I'm sorry. Kill me. <laughs> but, Take yeah, me so, instead. Yeah. So uh, um, hopefully a little bit, I guess, you know, the show just ended. Um, we do know it's a bit happier. I can confirm that. So, you know, a little little silly show, a little fun show. I'm excited. A little I, goofing, a little gaffing. That's that's a-okay. Exactly. As far as I'm concerned, I could use some levity after this. Oh. So, yeah. Um, very excited to discuss this and uh if you want to know our thoughts they're gonna be at the end stick around (laughs) but first episode 15 (laughs) we start off by revisiting the scene where yijin tracked down yurim in front of elephant snacks he confesses that he knows she's leaving and he feels compelled to report on it but he's worried about hurting her and her parents he feels all this but he did it anyway Yurim looks totally fine and tells him not to apologize. It's nothing to feel sorry for. It's like when she beats someone else in fencing. She feels bad for them, but she doesn't say sorry. 
The news was bound to get out anyway, so she's glad the story is in his hands and she trusts him. This only seems to make things worse for Yi Jin, though, as he begs Yudum to at least tell everyone why she's doing this. But Yudum refuses because then people will blame her parents and she'd rather die than have that happen. She asks Yi Jin to say she's changing citizenship solely because of money. She knows she'll be criticized, but she can handle it. And mainly my takeaway here was like, I'm so glad we saw this scene because I know last time I was like, I cannot believe Yijin did this and like didn't even talk to Yudum and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I should have known. He's a good boy. I very much agree. I feel like these two episodes were really good at giving us like um, slightly different perspectives on things that we'd already experienced. Yes. Good observation. I liked this scene. Yeah. And also Yudum still being mature. Like I feel like everybody's kind of like at their best in the first 75% of this episode. Yeah. <laughs> we cut back to the tunnel and see that Goyurim is a traitor graffiti. Our sweet boy is crying <laughs> and Hido shows up complaining that he's hiding his pain again. Like I I, I misread this scene because last time I thought she was mad, but it's a fake out. She's, she's just worried about him. Maybe you didn't misread the scene. Maybe you were just seeing it from a different perspective. I, mm. Maybe it was intentional. I do. Th- I do think it was intentional. Okay. To be fair. To me. <laughs> In defense of myself. <laughs> so Yurdam told her about the situation and that he was just doing his job. And she apologizes for saying nasty things the other day. And then she holds him and they cry together. Sweet, sweet. They work together to scrub the graffiti off the tunnel wall. We see that Hido brought all the supplies. So that's why she was heading there in the first place, which is cute. But Hido has a warning to give as his girlfriend. She wants everything that's his, including his sadness and his despair. So don't hide when things are tough. Let's suffer together when in pain. It's much better than being lonely. Yijin apologizes for not calling her, and they give each other these cute little smiles. And it reminds me of Hido making Yijin like promise to be secretly happy in the beginning. And now I feel like we have the more mature version of like, yeah. not only will we share our happiness, we will share our sadness. It's cute. Gotta share it all. You have yeah. to communicate. Oh, that's really all I took away from this whole show. Hold on. I'm going to say that again because I was closing this Vaseline tub. That's really what I took away from this whole show. That communication is necessary under all circumstances in every relationship that you have with another person. You need to let them know what the fuck is going on with you. And I feel like that is something we say for every show. And yet every single show, it continues to be the central conflict. I'm (laughs) flabbergasted. But only in this show is it a totally impassable, unconquerable conflict. (laughs) At least for these two characters. At least for these two. Everyone else. Anyway. They say (sighs) words to each other. It is heard and understood, empathized with. Not with these two. Not with these two. Not with these two. But, but for the meantime... (laughs) At work, Yijin asks Jaekyung if he can move to the newsroom. She asks if it's because of Yudim, and he says it's because of Hido. He's already lost all objectivity in that department. Jaekyung is like, whoa. But also, she's kind of like, finally. <laughs> she agrees to have Yijin transfer to local news, and Yijin is like, cool, thanks. But also, do you have anything to say about my relationship with your daughter? Jaekyung just says, don't fight. <laughs> Which I think is the same advice she gave before, right? I think so. And now, the <laughs> gang's really back funny. together, boys. And the gang being Yijin and his frenemy, Jung-hyuk. Oh. The, one, the OTP of the show. <laughs> Jung-hyuk and Yijin. I think probably not really frenemy. I think now bestie. 
yeah yeah life well, partner like, I think for, they still they have that like relationship that's like you know they're, they're kind of like always undercutting each other but like okay. in a lovely a lovable little way yeah in a lovable little way <laughs> yeah they're like i fucking hate you i die for you yeah <laughs> at the same time so they start working together immediately and yijin seems to adapt well Xionghyuk correctly guesses that Yijin transferred due to Hito, and he's like, you're going to regret this. Then local news guys would rather sleep than go on dates when they have the time. And Yijin is like, that's probably because they don't have anyone to... Never mind. I'm sorry. <laughs> I thought it was really funny. <laughs> you don't have anything. Yeah. The only thing you have yeah. is news. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> sorry, Jung-hyuk. Did I insult your manhood? Might be. Injol me. Sorry. Injol me. <laughs> One last time. And Rider 37 may be in the past, but Yudim and Hito have taken to the future to exchange emails, to exchange regular email correspondence. <laughs> future. Yudim seems to be settling in well and getting along with her Russian teammates, which is no surprise since she does know how to drink. Hito <laughs> continues to. <laughs> that really got you. <laughs> there was, was a reason funny. they was, told us that. <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> I don't think Yodam randomly going to Russia will ever not be funny. I mean, I feel just like in this climate, like we've talked, we talked about, you know, I don't know what to do with this 9-11 shit. I don't know what to do with this Russia shit. I just don't know what to do with any of it. Uh, why are you know they yeah. having so many controversial things happen in these last couple episodes? They're like, nobody, if anybody's got a fucking comedy podcast, you better stay away from the show. Yeah. <laughs> We don't care. We're going balls to the wall on this one. Content warning. You want to talk about drama? About Korean dramas? You can't do it. Because we're going to talk about controversial things. Well, guess what? Guess what? We're going to laugh about it anyway. Trauma, yeah. baby. Yeah. Like, you. what did you say? Border? What let me go. Let me go read it. I'll read it out to you. This beautiful text I that true. I typed to you it's all. Beautiful. Pure poetry. I think we can firmly lean on the idea of traumatized cuspers leaning on humor cuspers. as a means to cope. I, I might not technically be a cusper, but guess what? I only have younger siblings. They are exactly. all little babies. Two of them are Zoomers. One of them is actually a cusper, and I don't always relate to millennials. I feel that. So Hito continues training with the national team, but now Coach Yang is the one kicking her butt. She's still way better than that asshole guy, though. I'm so glad he's gone. Good riddance. Yeah. Yijin is in the newsroom, and although he's much busier, he and Hito are making it work and having fun, and time seems to be passing happily for everyone. Everyone's in a good place. Yijin returns home to find the kids have taken over his house. They're drinking because Sungwon's CSAT is only 100 days away. What right does the, the C stand for? I don't know. I've also been wondering this. <laughs> I feel, I I just kind of feel like maybe, because um, I've been wondering the entire time that they've been talking about the CSAT. Like, I know what a GED is. I don't know what a CSAT is. It sounds like maybe... Oh, the College Scholastic Ability Test. So I guess that's just the name of their national exam. Okay, cool. Why didn't they say national exam? You know, they had the name yeah, of the I translator guy at the end, and I was like, mm, maybe you should have him a letter. done your job a little differently, guy. <laughs> You know what? I'm going to bring that up later because I'm going to call the translator out for something. Oh, is it in my episode? It's in my episode. It's oh. a little later. Oh, okay. Stay tuned. I'm looking forward to hearing about it. <laughs> for a fight. I'm looking forward I'm to hearing about it. I'm going to get in fisticuffs. 
in verbal fisticuffs <laughs> with a translator. With a translator who, me, who is, you know, I've done like 251 days on Duolingo, so um, at me. You're doing really well. Well, I think that Thanks. the translator was Korean because he had a Korean sounding name. Uh, and like, so not to be racist, but usually if you have a name that sounds like it's in a different language, it is. Wow. And sometimes okay. you are even a person who speaks that language. Sometimes, not all the time. Uh, yeah. And so Sungwon, of course, she's drunk. She's crying about it. Classic. Then poor Hito gets absolutely trashed. But Ejin passes the ultimate boyfriend test by holding her hair while she vomits into his toilet. This is so fucking cute. <laughs> it was really cute was and i was really like cute. come on we can make it through this we can make it through anything yeah i i know what the ending is gonna be but maybe i can hold on to this which i guess is kind of the lesson of the show yeah it is well shoot <laughs> now but the question remains is, is that a good lesson yeah i don't know <laughs> I, I can't. Know, I, I was like, I was so bad. Even though we've talked about it so much, up until like the very last scene, I was like holding onto the hope of something. <laughs> I like would not yeah. let it go. Oh no! I know. I feel like um, this is just like so random. I feel like I can hold on to the hope that maybe they'll do like a sequel series with like the Me adults yeah. and like catch us up with what's going on with them and have some really stellar casting. Because um, much like with Louisa Jacobson in the Gilded Age. I feel like adult Hito kind of knocked it out of the park in this, like, these last two episodes. Like, she was doing things, and I was like, this is good, and I kind of like it, and I kind of want to see more. So I might go watch one of the two different versions of Phantom of the Opera that she's in. Oh, undoubtedly. (laughs) You should. That's Christine. Irrelevant of this. 100% you should. I saw some people speculating that uh, they could do it with, uh, Teri as like older Minche and then like Yijin as like someone who she falls in love with so we could get the same couple again. <laughs> <laughs> that would be kind of interesting. Maybe just yeah, cast them in something funny. else. <laughs> Maybe. But but Yijin has to go to the military so this is like the last thing he's going to do for freaking three years. Oh, that's sad. Yeah. So it's finally Jiung's turn to visit Yudim in Russia Yay. and it's just it's very cute. I'm like I'm so happy these little I stupid it was kids so cute. made it. She was getting her little flowers ready for him, like the flowers on the table. I was like this is so precious. And then he brought ah. her some flowers. Like There were a lot of flowers kids. in these episodes too. There were <laughs> new beginnings. I guess so. You've read a book. <laughs> I can tell. I wish I could say the same for you. Yurim is going to be alone on New Year's, and she's super sad about that. Yijin has to cover a story, though, so Hido is in the same boat. The story he's covering is a New Year's celebration, though, so Yijin is able to find Hido afterward, and he takes her up to the top of this huge hill overlooking the city, and they both think it's quite romantic. They greet the New Year in an embrace, declaring their undying love for each other. Hido yells out, Happy New Year, Pekichin, and they don't even kiss. Like, what the hell? This is New Year's. Like You're a, allowed to kiss strangers. Like a New Year's back hug. Yeah. I'm like, come on. Uh, so that kind of bummed me out. Like, I was like, what is TVN even for? Like, if not racy stuff. Yeah. We only got, like, one kiss, really. Yeah. One and a weird thing. Yeah, like, one kiss and then one, like... I'm just going to hold my lips. Yeah. One kiss to you. another person. Uh, anyway, Yijin asks Hido what her wish is, and she says it's for a couple's cell phone plan so they can talk to each other for free. 
What a bad plan for a cell phone service to provide. I kept thinking that every time they'd bring it up. Like, the person that you speak with the most is the one whose service, you know, we're providing for the most. And you're just giving that away for free? Like, is everything else more expensive? Maybe they, uh... Maybe they didn't realize the power of teenagers talking to each other in 2001, but I had to imagine they would. I would think so, too. Nobody talks like two little teenagers in fake love. No, they talk all the time. Yeah, I agree. That in was fake love. Well, I get these two teenagers in real love. Yeah, these two <laughs> teens in real love. But I'm thinking of like the classic, like, you know, oh, like normal teens? that are just like, yeah, they're just like sitting on the phone and nobody's saying anything. Oh. And then it's just like, you hang up. Now you hang up. Yeah. Next, we see that Sungwon has successfully entered college and has been elected class president, so it's nice that at least that is the same. I thought this was really funny. Yes. <laughs> she can't escape it. She's meant to be in charge. Like Joan yes. of Arc! Oh my gosh. I still don't get that. I still I think that either. is a weird <laughs> comparison for her. I was thinking about it, and I was thinking, like, okay, everybody else kind of lines up, you know? I guess June, yeah. you could say that he was an internet star. Um... Yurim was a fencer, and so was Hito, and then Yijin was on the news, and, you know, Sungwon is still alive, and she yeah. is not burning, <laughs> she's not in the military. Like, I guess they're trying to say, like, she's, she's not a in France. activist, but, like, that is not what I primarily associate no. Joan of Arc with. <laughs> I still think my Newsies comparison. Yeah. <laughs> she's a regular, she's a modern day Jack Kelly exactly <laughs> come on everyone knows jack kelly i just feel like there were there were better things that they could have said you know absolutely mm. but I maybe agree. what do i know well maybe that's what joan of arc is known for in korea maybe <laughs> meanwhile you transitioned us jiung has officially okay. entered his former internet celebrity stage and has started a fashion <laughs> blog for people who like clothes he never is actually an internet celebrity. He is always a former internet celebrity. Because <laughs> I think that's such a weird way to describe him. Because we never see him as an adult, really. So, we like, don't. we never see him as a former internet celebrity. No, He's no. only ever an internet celebrity. <laughs> we, yeah. <laughs> Which, like, that kind of makes me think, since they were kind of filming down to the freaking wire there, like, still in, in the March late teens. Oh, really? I think so, because really? it was, like, mm. a thing that he had COVID. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, at least I thought it was a thing. That's kind of what Wikipedia but that would made be me think. the adult actor anyway, so I don't really know that that's... Yeah, but, like, did they did things change? Like, was there more that was filmed? I don't know. I feel like I'm, I'm entering Twin Peaks Season 4 conspiracy territory right now. Yeah. It did feel like there might be, maybe was more. They're like, oh, there was so much footage that was filmed that they're going to make a second season of this, because... <gasps> Uh, they have enough footage <laughs> and they filmed it all at once. Oh, God. They did Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings is coming up too today, multiple times, you and me. Always. Always. That, you know, maybe they just filmed everything back to back and they haven't said anything. Maybe I'm Ooh. in denial that this is the ending. I kind of think you are, but also like, same. I like it. I want to live in your reality more <laughs> than you. mine. Thank more you. More than the real one. <laughs> so, Jiung has his fashion blog for people who likes clothes like clothes that's the right grammar and this excites Sungwon since it's something fun so she's like fully behind this project she's like I want to be alive again this is great Hido relays all of this to Yurim through emails but we see that Yurim is no longer responding she's, she's not, not even, even opening, opening the messages them. yeah wow synchronicity 
Yijin and Junghyuk are exhausted but still go to report on the site of a crane collapse. Hido is walking home from the hospital where she's had to get her wrist wrist x-rayed, which allegedly it's fine. We just kind of like skip over this. Yeah. <laughs> when she sees Yijin on the scene, she watches as he reports about this accident which killed three workers. And the only thing I could think this whole time was, my baby's daddy. That's my baby's daddy. <laughs> which is a deep fucking cut. <laughs> You know My baby's daddy, what is he doing? <laughs> <laughs> That's what it was. Doing? It was my baby's daddy, what is he doing? <laughs> okay, for context, this is from the K-drama. It's okay, that's love. And this is like the first episode, and there's some guy I think who it's like later. somehow... It's like the fifth or sixth <laughs> episode. Okay. Well, either way, it's like not a spoiler, but there's some guy who's like not important to the plot, but he somehow severed his arm completely off. <laughs> And his wife is like working with a circle saw. Yeah, and she's like comes up on the scene and is like, "No, my baby's daddy, my baby's daddy." And she just keeps saying that over and over again. And I guess she asks, "What is he doing?" Which is a hilarious thing to ask someone with no arm. <laughs> what is he doing? We'd what all is like he to doing? Know. Yeah. That was a real I think it was, it was mostly the show. translation, just yeah. the way that they kept calling it my baby's daddy. <laughs> and then the what is he doing? Yeah. It was like the whole thing, the whole thing all together. You know, it's like... <laughs> it was also our first case Shameless drama. abortion beggar. Yeah. <laughs> Anti-abortion shameless beggar. Anti-abortion right. shameless beggar. I can never get it right. <laughs> I can't imagine why not. It's one of the most common insults. <laughs> Miss K. Oh, Miss K. Me not realizing that K and G have, like, the same noise. SMH. Uh, uh, so, Hito watches as Yijin reports on this accident, and afterward he just completely deflates, looking like he's carrying the weight of the world on his shoulders. Hito wants to call out to him, but she holds back, and later Yijin goes to a bar with Junghyuk and laments the amount of tragedies that happen. Everywhere he goes, people are dead in preventable accidents. Junghyuk advises him to grow numb to it, but Yijin says he can't. He always empathizes with them. That's the priority for him. Junghyuk says that's fine if he can handle it, and Yijin assures his co-worker that he can. After all, he's forgoing sleep to drink. That's the essence of being totally fine. <laughs> we pan over to a table nearby and see Hito, who asks, what about using that time to see me? And Yijin goes like full golden retriever. And he's like, <laughs> yeah. oh my god, I'm drunk, and you're here too. <laughs> Best thing ever. Hello. I love you. So I loved it. This was such a cute moment. And like, Junghyuk thought it was so cute. We all think it's so cute. We're all there. We but Junghyuk leaves on account of, you know, they're causing him humiliation, these dumb kids. And our guy and our gal get some sweet time together. Yijin carries Hido back to his place. But unfortunately, we don't get any consolation for that lack of a New Year's kiss. We do get some snuggling, though. We do. Yijin watches Hido as she falls asleep, and he thinks, life is precious. Let's love with no regrets while we're alive. Which really scared me at the time, because I was like, Are, is one of them going to die? One of, in 9-11. being okay. Yeah. <laughs> Even though, like, we've seen the future. We've seen the future. Right. Like, we've seen 2009, when he's like, congratulations on getting married, and also your gold medal in your retirement. Okay, that's like another, this comes up more later. But, like, the 2009 flash forward from last episode just seems so random now. Yeah, like, it why does. did we have that? It does. There was no reason for that. No. Other than, I guess I just wanted to end on the cliffhanger of, congratulations on your marriage. <laughs> like, what? She got married to another man? She didn't have a child uh -huh. out of wedlock with a different last name than her? 
really get how last names in Korea work. Uh, that's just I me being just, culturally stupid. So they just take the fathers. That's it. And the the woman doesn't take the man. Yeah, which I think is kind of you know I'm not telling you what to do, ladies, but it seems kind of the way to go. <laughs> but I know a lot of people want their kids to have their names, so I get yeah, that too. I and I guess like it depends on uh, like your vibe. And what your last name Absolutely. is. Absolutely. Hey, it's totally, as long as it's your decision. Yeah. That's the thing. Make it your decision. Yeah. Whatever it is. Unless it's hyphenating, because that shit's stupid. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> We're just insulting everyone today. That's yeah. my goal. No one is safe. Hido starts whining in her sleep, so Yijin wakes her up in alarm, but Hido explains she just does that when she's tired. He tells her to take some medicine when she wakes up, but Hito explains she can't since she may test positive for doping. Which, hey, I guess we found the one advantage Yodim has for moving to the Russian team. So true. <laughs> she can take all of the heart medication she wants, or a pain reliever. <gasps> Ooh, topical jokes. We're just really killing it on the whole Russia thing. Yeah, we. I've gotten full force. <laughs> that's. I think that's two of. That's number two of three Russia jokes I have. So. <laughs> There's one more. Um, and so she confesses that she saw him earlier at the site of the accident. But she didn't interrupt him because he was working and she supports his career. And then they <laughs> snuggle some more and Yijin admits that's how he felt during her matches. Hito asks if he remembers what he said earlier when they were looking at the rainbow. He said she always leads him to good places. In the same way, Yijin leads the world they live in to a better place. So don't hurt too much. Hang in there. And I was like, this is so cute. I love adults supporting each other in their careers. Yes. This is great. This is yes. great. Yes. For now. <laughs> Hito is back at the NTC, desperately checking her email for any new messages from Yudim, but no luck. There's a ruckus then when another team member shows them an interview with Yudim with the title, Not Hito is no match for me. All the other team members are furious, but Hito isn't concerned. She knows that reporters twist words around, but everyone is riled up now. Hito has to beat Yudim at the Olympics. Which also, this is the first time I noticed that they never say Olympics. And that's why it's confusing. Well, I guess because uh, the Olympics is uh, highly... People get sued a lot for talking about it. That's what I'm We thinking. might get yeah, sued like... about talking about it like this. Oh, no. <laughs> I hope not. We've done it, like, multiple times. That's true, we have. <laughs> But yeah, it's like the like, Super this Bowl. Is, that's why it's confusing. They keep just saying like she's a gold medalist. They never actually said Olympic gold medalist. Yeah. But also I guess she's a gold medalist in other other places because like you also get gold she medals is. in other competitions. No, for sure. But it's like it's clear they always talk about like they're, they want us to. Yeah, like a lot of the time they're talking about the Olympics. But then yeah, like the I one like the in 2009, that's not an Olympics. It is, I think. But how is it an Olympics in 2009? Because 2001, 2005, 2009, they made up the cities. Which, like, that's stupid. Why would they do that? Because it's not the Olympics. It's their version of the Olympics. <laughs> that's so goofy. That's so goofy. <laughs> it's just really dumb. I mean, I agree. I didn't choose it. No, I, I just... understand. I understand that you did not choose it. And it's easier if we call it the Olympics. That's true. And I was like, because it's also every four years. So I'm like. Yeah. <sighs> dumb. Whatever. I'm not in charge. Yeah. If only. I guess they had to do it so that they could, you know, everything needs to line up perfectly, except this relationship. <laughs> okay, yeah. The Korean national team is having a showcase for the media ahead of the Olympics, the other world Olympics, and everyone is on their best behavior, <laughs> especially Coach Young. Olympics, the yeah. Olympics. 
That's how I've always kind of thought of it. Is it's like they want it to be the Olympics, but they cl- but they're also like no, like if anybody asks, it it's cannot. not the Olympics. If anyone from the Olympic Committee, you can't prove it. <laughs> this is just a sports competition. Yeah, it's like that time when TXT made a song that is like very clearly like the Harry Potter theme song, but uh-huh. like it's not the Harry Potter theme song. That's really funny. <laughs> how dare you? <laughs> how could you even suggest? Yeah, if you think of that when I play the song, that's on you, man. That's not on me. Um, so Kojang is being like overly sweet to Hido and it creeps her out. The media ask Hido about Yurim's words and in response, Hido cleverly pulls the clock off the wall and holds it in front of her before giving her answer. That way, if they twist her words around, everyone will know. The way the way that she said this, she was like, I had this installed so that <laughs> people would know. Like, I got this. This clock is my purchase. It's They call it a clock. <laughs> Have you ever heard of it before? It was just funny. Uh-huh. Yeah, it was funny. And I like how Coach Young is like, oh, she's come so far. She's so smart. She's so clever. <laughs> this was a brilliant move for her. It is. I mean, you know, it's showing Hito's growth. She's a strategist now, through and through. She's <laughs> and not- we all know that fencing is a highly strategic Strate- sport. Yeah. Strategist? Yeah. It's time for Madrid. We are backstage. I don't know. I'm just a sad former theater kid. I don't know what to call this, but it's backstage. So <laughs> Yudim runs into Coach Young, and they have a sweet little reunion in which Yudim says, they're people too, about Russians, which is a phrase that speaks for itself, I think. <laughs> I, this literally happened. I'm not making this up. <laughs> I thought that was really like Coach Young's like, are you doing well? And she's like, they're people. <laughs> Did I show you the the attack on Titan? It was like the Attack on Titan summary video. Yes, like in yes. My, you know that that uh, I thought that they were roaches, but they're birds. You're a bird, Aaron. You're a bird, <laughs> and Aaron being like, what? Just like that, uh, pretty much. <laughs> she went to Russia and she said, I thought they were roaches, but they're birds. Basically, quote, go Yudim. Quote, Julia Ko. <laughs> Sorry, Yulia Ko. It is Sorry. Yulia. They, that's the way that they said it. I was wrong last time. Yudim asks to see Hido, and Ko Chiang goes to get her, but she returns a moment later, alone. Hido doesn't want to see Yudim right now. This stuns Yudim, who is so excited, but she says she understands and walks off. Ko Chiang heads back into the team room, where Hido already has her game face on. Our gal tells Coach Young that she wouldn't see Yudim because she needs to win. And then, as we know, both Hido and Yudim make it into the finals and face off against each other for the gold medal. The most touching parts were, one, when Hido qualifies first and watches from the sidelines and she's like quietly rooting for Yudim in her head. You're gonna make it. And two, when we cut back to Sungwon, her mother, and Jiung watching from home and just being like so pumped for our gals because I love found Fandily. Fandily? Family. (laughs) I love found fandily. <laughs> I love it all. Then it's time for the finals, and Coach Young gives Hido Nido. <laughs> Who? I'm failing right at the end. Uh, so Coach Young gives Hido a pep talk. She's always beaten Yudim, so just meet her as fencer to fencer. No one knows her like you do. And the match begins as we see a repeat of the scenes from last episode, which... Again, I think it's so interesting that they just kind of spoil how this turns out. Like, there's still a lot of tension, so I'm not mad at it, but I just feel like it was an odd decision. That's all I have to say about that. Yeah. (laughs) 
I was I was really busy uh, looking at all of the different years that the Olympics have been in, and also the Asian Games was in Beijing in like 1994, and the year that they had the Asian Games, it was actually in Japan. Oh, so they lied about that too. Yeah, they what just won't lied this about show everything. Lie about? This whole show is just a big lie. It really is. Yeah. Are you telling me that Hito is not actually the most decorated Korean fencer of all time? No, she's not. Oh my god! Actually, but Korea oh is better than we are at fencing. I'm not surprised. I mean, I would. I feel like if you were gonna have like a make a drama about fencing, it'd have to be at least somewhat popular. <laughs> They're like top ten nations for fencing, I think. Way to go! At least in the Olympics. Way to go, Korea! Yeah, like good job. Way to go! Glad you're good at something like uh, as a something. group. That sounds so mean. Uh, I like other things from Korea. I promise. I mean, we have a whole podcast about something. Every from Korea, Korean so I think restaurant okay. that I've ever been to, the eggs have been Ugh. really good. So. They know how to cook eggs. There Honestly, you go. the food, the, all the food, really. I still want to try loach soup. I don't really want to try loach soup just because I think loaches look creepy, but I think most I fish think look do. creepy, and I think a lot of fish yeah. are delicious. So I want to try it. Maybe I will try it one day. Ooh. You never know. Loach soup. Loach soup day. Loach soup. So they start the match, and right away, Yudum is racking up points. Hito is feeling the pressure, and we flash back to see that she had a tough time during training. She was pushed to the point of injury, and one of her coaches asks if she knows how many people are rooting for her. She oh, has this was to be the time Yudum. She, she broke her, she busted her hand. Yeah, and, yeah, and, I guess that yeah. was the connection. But again, it's still just it like, it kind really of was random. such a non-issue. Yeah. Like, it didn't, like, she wasn't in the match, like, oh, my wrist. Yeah. <laughs> um, so she has to beat Yudum, or else she's a traitor, and like, how the turntables she's getting some of that Yudim treatment then we flash back to an interview with Yudim the interview where they ask about facing off against Hito and we see that her words were indeed twisted and that she was really distressed to see the articles that came out afterwards back to Hito who's looking through online posts talking about how this is her revenge how the whole country wants her to take down Yudim back to Yudim who's getting chewed out by her Russian coach to earn back her honor she's on the phone with her parents and clearly she feels overwhelmed by it all but she doesn't say anything because she can't let them worry she starts to type out an email to Hito about her training problems, but she realizes she can't be completely honest like she used to be. Because they're on different teams. Because there are competitors. Mm-hmm. They are competitors. Throwback. Bring it back to episode one. <laughs> <laughs> We're back at the match, and now we really... <laughs> that was good. <laughs> Thank you. I try. <laughs> We're back at the match, and now we really feel just how much tension is in the room. They're friends, but in these last few moments, in this moment, they are true rivals. They're fighting over every point, and it's 14-14, game point, and they keep getting simultaneous touches over and over and over again, throwback. They line up, prepare, the room is entirely silent, they attack and go back and forth, back and forth, it's a long battle, and finally, Hito gets the point. Duh, we knew this. We knew she was going to win, but whatever. It's super exciting. <laughs> I thought, Everyone, uh, I like, my, my big issue with this part was that you could tell that it was filmed during COVID because there wasn't uh, an audience yeah. and there was no crowd noise. And they didn't even, like, have little standees in for an audience. Yeah, they had, like, somewhat of an audience. But I feel like that's been that at, like, every match is it's, like, yeah. you can tell it's not as filled as it yeah, should have been. Yeah, you can tell that it is not a real sporting event, which I'm shocked. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I agree. It was Maybe just funny. fencing's just not that popular in this alternate universe. Well, I think it is also, it's like not popular, but it's also the most important sport of all time. And 
Nahito changed right. the face of fencing forever. Well, see, that's the thing. Just Everybody's like a fake fan. Like, they want the oh, drama, maybe. but they don't want to show up to the match. Yeah. Fake fans. Wait, did, Especially did drama fans. or trauma? Drama. Okay. That makes more sense than trauma. <laughs> yeah. They want or the, the trauma, trauma. I mean, seeing the fencing. Frankly, that works, too. All the screaming. Ah! <laughs> I do. Yes! Love it. I genuinely love the screaming. I love like the far back elbows, the chest out. Like yeah, ah! it's like a full on just like dominance scream. Yeah, I They're love saying, it. I'm here. Like it's not like a tennis scream where it's like there's power behind it. It's it's just a yell, just yelling for yelling's sake. Yeah. So everyone erupts in cheers except our girls. They're both standing stiff and silent, no reaction. They line up, salute, and they pull off their masks, and they're both just crying. They're also they really sweaty. Each yes, it was hard to but, tell, but they're all they were crying. Tears. Yeah. This was not a situation where she jumped in the pool. What? This was not a situation like when they jumped in the well, like when she jumped in the pool, so that she wouldn't feel her her, her tears. Oh yeah yeah yeah. What did you just think of? Superlative. Oh nice. <laughs> oh, I shouldn't have asked. They run into each other's arms, hugging, and it's like this wonderful moment. I loved it. It really reminded me, like, I love this relationship, and I love its portrayal. And, like, even though they put their jobs first sometimes, at the end of the day, they are the best of friends. I loved how they handled it. It was good. I, I yeah. thought it was very cathartic. I cried. Yurim apologizes for not reading Hito's emails, and Hito says it's fine. Only they know how hard it's been, and only they know what they went through. Through her tears, Yurim says she was happy today. And Hino says, me too. And I'm like, OMG, just kiss already. <laughs> I can never my, fully abandon this ship. My I'm perfect sorry. couple. Yeah, no, me neither. I mean, kind of. They made it through. They made it through the same obstacles. They did. <laughs> and they had like a really good final scene together. Mm-hmm. That was real. Mm-hmm. Somehow they were able to stay connected. Yeah. It wasn't that big of a deal somehow. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. We cut back to the gang watching at home and they're all a mess, just like completely sobbing. And I loved them too. It was so cute. And then we cut to Yuren's parents and they're like so proud. Like they really followed through. They're like, we're still so proud of you, even though she didn't win. And Yuren's mom is like, I'm proud of you too, Hito. <laughs> I love everyone. Yeah. Very cute. Then we're at UBS, and everyone is so excited for Korea's gold medal. And then you just have, like, Jae Kyung and Yi Jin quietly crying in the back of the room, looking so damn proud. Yi Jin tells Jae Kyung congratulations, and she has to collect herself before telling him, you two, on having a girlfriend you can be proud of. Yi Jin responds by saying he doesn't want to be an embarrassment to Hito, which, again, cute. <laughs> I love that they're making each other better with their yeah. relationship, even though that sentiment will return to bite me in the ass. We cut to the present to see Min Che watching a video of the match and Hito and Yurim hugging, and she's crying too. She texts her mom asking why she was crying after that match. Hito sees the text and smiles, saying to herself that she knows Min Che is reading her diary, and she's decided to let her because her diary from those days is filled with love and friendship because they were all that mattered then. A time like that only lasts for a moment, and she wants Min Che to experience that as well. Because those brief moments are what make your long life shine. And Hito drives to the infamous tunnel, and she just stands there, smiling wistfully. And then she reveals that she did indeed lose the next diary that Min Che is looking for. 
We transition back to 2001, Hido, newly returned from earning her Olympic medal. She turns on her cell phone to see that Ijin was the slowest to text her, which is disappointing. But he calls her immediately and they make plans to have dinner together that night along with Jae Kyung. Hido and Jae Kyung are waiting at the restaurant and classically, while Hido is preoccupied with her menu, Jae Kyung is like just beaming, like secretly. But when Hido looks up, she's mm, stone. Ice queen. Yeah. Jae Kyung starts getting sassy about Yijin being late, and Hido shoots back that she, of all people, should know how busy reporters are. Yeah, baby Jae girl, Kyung you is... missed your daughter's whole life. I know, and then Jae Kyung's like, where was the sympathy for me? And I'm like, that is like, you were on two different levels. Completely. Do yeah. not even start. No. <laughs> Leave our girl alone. Yeah, she's planting some bad seeds, Jae Kyung. I'm not <laughs> super happy with that. <laughs> But Yijin calls then and has to cancel, which of course disappoints Hido. On the way home, Jae Kyung brings up how Yijin keeps missing things and how much it scarred Hido when Jae Kyung did it. Does she really want her life to be like that again? Hido defends her boyfriend, saying they're both busy, but Jae Kyung is like, yeah, exactly. One of you will always be sorry and the other always gives up. Do you really want a relationship like that? Hido unequivocally says yes, she's okay with it. I guess there's no point to talk about it now, but like, what the hell, Jae Kyung? <laughs> Like, I get she wants what's best for Hito. I get that. But I don't like this idea that, like, two people can't have independent careers they care about and also support each other. Like, I'm not saying it's easy. And I do. Th I, I think it's a very real world conflict. Like, I, I don't I don't think it's, it, you know, is guaranteed to succeed. But I'm just sort of frustrated with whether the show lands on it. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess uh, my issue, I wouldn't have as much of an issue if they, you know, broken things off and they'd like given it more of a go and like actually tried but it didn't really seem like anybody was really trying I I, I agree like it felt like they had such a solid foundation in their relationship and yeah. so for something like that to break it just didn't match up yeah and I don't know well no we can talk about it later but yeah, yeah it's just I don't know and especially like after the whole like making us totally empathize with Jake Young like I just felt like they kept bringing back like the same issues and it was like but we already kind of like conquered yeah that. I thought we so already solved this weird yeah yeah like I thought we just kind of decided like well it's okay for people to like they can't always be there for you know like yeah sometimes that happens Back at home, Hido is sulking from not being able to see Yijin, and she's scrolling through her texts to see all the times Yijin had to flake and apologize. But then she gets a call, and he shows up at her door, and they flirt, and they hug, and they act super cute, and we see that Yijin really is, like, stupidly proud of her. He asks her to go on a trip next month for their 600-day anniversary. Cute. Which is on September 11th. And this is where It's on September like, 10th. No, well, yeah, it's on the, the 10th. Right. Which is the 9th here. Well, I'm not fluent in Korean, but, like, I'm fairly positive Yijin says the 11th. It would make more sense if it were the 12th, wouldn't it? Um, well, I, just because they're anniversaries, then, I guess, doesn't mean they're, like, going that day. They could yeah. be going on the the 12th, I guess. But he's saying the 11th. That's what I think, because I don't know why the show translated as 10. This is your translation 11. error, okay. Yeah, this is it. This is where I'm like, look, I'm not great with numbers. Go back and listen. I might. I might have to. Because <laughs> that's kind of a game changer. I know. And that's why if they said 10th or if they said 12th, I might have been like, okay. Because she's like, it's sense. the 12th. And he's like, right. no, it's the 10th. Yeah. But I swear he says 11th. And this is like a really stupid conversation, but I'm sticking to it. <laughs> I mean, I think no matter what, I guess 11th would make more sense. Because, like, I guess they could leave at night, and then it would be, like, the morning here, and that's when the attack happened. 
I mean, that's because they were leaving at night, it looked like. Yeah, and so maybe, but I mean, if the guy, if our little translator friend said 10th, then he's wrong and needs to get a talking to. That's kind of how I feel. Like, again, I only got the Duolingo owl backing me up, but he's pretty scary, so (laughs) watch out. He is pretty scary. To prepare, they get matching couple bags, and Hito is like, this is kind of embarrassing, I don't want this, and Yujin points out that she had matching cell phone accessories with cutie pie, but this is embarrassing. They roll out of the store with two matching red suitcases, and this is when I was like, red is really a theme in this show, and I feel like usually it'd be fate, but I guess in this case it's danger, I don't know. I think maybe it was like, trying to say fate, they were like, fated to be together. (sighs) You would think... But, like, then have everything fall apart. Like, that's the thing. Yeah. I guess. It's like a twin flame situation. I'd still say that they are fated to be together, but whatever. Maybe they will be. I'd argue that. Maybe. That's... I gotta put a muzzle on myself. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) It's time for the trip, and Hito gets to the bus station, but Yijin is once again late. This upsets Hito until she sees something on TV. And it's... A plane crashing into the Twin Towers. <laughs> yeah. Some grainy footage. It, like, came out of nowhere. I guess that was, like, the real footage. <laughs> I guess so. I was... It just... It took me so off guard. Like, I... It is almost funny, because it was just like, oh, we're, do, we're doing line 11. Okay. My K-drama's <laughs> doing 9-11. <laughs> and see, when she was, like, the 12th, and he was like, no, the 10th, I was like, oh, right. Oh, it's September. Oh, right. See, I didn't even think about it then. <laughs> The person who said September 11th was going to be a pivotal moment in the show was right. They were so right. So everyone is freaking out. And Hito, of course, gets a call from Yijin that he can't come and she needs to go home. But Hito heads to the vacation house without him, thinking over her mother's words about constantly missing each other and being sorry. When Hito arrives, she sees cake, flowers, champagne, all the romantic works. There's also a sweet note from Yijin basically saying that he wants to be together forever and ending with, thank you, I'm sorry, and I love you. She gets another text from Yijin then letting her know that he's sorry, but he's going to New York tomorrow. Yijin arrives in New York and meets with the UBS correspondent there, and he's tasked with tracking down all the Korean victims and their families. I don't want to, like, bully anybody, but why is the local news correspondent being given a job in New York? Yeah, I don't... I guess because he's good at English, maybe? Maybe. But I also like how he, like, snuck across the border. <laughs> it's like, I, I don't think he snuck, but it was just a weird detail. They yeah, were like, how did like, you get here? I... Uh-huh. <laughs> wink, wink. <laughs> I mean, the whole thing, like, I just... This is where it was, like, this is a really interesting take. Yeah. I guess also being American, like, seeing it from a Korean perspective and, like, let's track down the Korean, you know, victims and, like, specifically yeah. I was, look, like, take this from a Korean angle. I thought, like, are there... Were there, like, a lot of korean people like from korea who spoke korean and See, were well aware of ubs as a news place in the trade center and then i was like well it's the I, world trade center yeah i'm gonna be honest i tried to look this up to see if this was any kind of like maybe you know there was some kind of like yeah. korean company there or something i could not find anything okay um it seems like they kind of i mean i'm sure there were korean people there um like you're saying it was it's new york it's world trade center yeah but it did not seem like there was a particularly high number or anything yeah so i think they were kind of bloating it yeah um i am gonna say bringing it back to the first couple episodes uh from our talking about it 
mm-hmm. another piece of media near and dear to my heart where the Twin Towers play a pivotal role. Oh, I know where you're going with this. <laughs> is Cypher. Oh, that's not where I thought you were going with this. What? 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 Welcome to the Black Parade. No. Wait, Twin Towers is in Cypher? <laughs> yeah, because it represents the twins. And also, uh, Cypher started being written in like 1983 or 1985. So the Twin Towers were still very much like a oh, thing and okay, part of the so landscape. Like, no, no, no. Like it's just like, attack. no, no, no. The 9-11 attack has nothing to do with Cypher. It's literally just um, that when they're like, oh, New York, the city skyline, they're always like, oh, the Twin Towers, they represent the boys. Yeah. It's Cypher and Shiva. <laughs> Cypher did not take 9-11 well. <laughs> Probably not. So, Yijin heads out, and the first guy he tracks down is like, no, I have trauma. I do not want to talk about this at all. This part was really funny. <laughs> <laughs> That's one way to say it, yeah. Like, like that he was like, I'm a reporter from UBS, and the guy was like, shut up, go away, I hate you. <laughs> Closes the door in this, like, random house that did not seem to be yeah. surrounded by much of anything at all. And then keep yeah, going. this was also like, no, I mean, this was another thing. Like, I feel like I don't want to speak on this too much because I don't really remember 9-11, so maybe this okay. is all very accurate. But also just, like, the timeline in here gets so weird it because does. it's like... It clearly must have taken him quite a while to get into New York. And then he's tracking down these people and they seem to be over. But then he goes to a hospital and there's like still hectic. <laughs> so I was like really confused. It's like they're still freshly pulling people out of the rubble. Which I guess like I I think it did take a while. It but did. I still don't think it'd be like that hectic. I feel like they would have a system by them. I don't yeah. know. I don't know. I don't know um, either. <laughs> yeah, like so we weren't in hus- New York. We were in Texas. We were in Texas. Yeah. But I was still afraid they were going to come land a plane on my house. I don't think... My parents were like, they wouldn't land on our house. They wouldn't even come by our house. They'd probably go to Pasadena and just blow up the oil refineries. And I was like, well, that's not very fun. See, this feels very reminiscent of, like, now we're looking up, like, hmm, so where would the nuclear strikes be exactly? Let me check on that. Like, I feel like similar vibes. (laughs) I need to only live in the triangulation zone where there would be no nuclear fallout. Exactly. Yeah, I think that's what, because see, I'm like, okay, Austin's the capital, sure, but Houston, y'all are bigger, so y'all should take the hit. That's what, that's what I'm advocating for. <laughs> Dear Mr. Putin. <laughs> Dear Mr. Putin, how about neither? Just, like, leave Texas alone? <laughs> I agree, but I like if you had to. Actually, Dallas. Lisa. Do Dallas. Yeah, Dallas. Just do Dallas. <laughs> Dallas is the better choice. <laughs> Nobody will be mad about it. <laughs> but also, don't do it. Yeah, no. If you live no. in Dallas, let me be clear. I do not want you to die. I'll say that. Just leave us joke. alone. I just want you to suffer a little bit. <laughs> They're already suffering. Their skin's so dry. <laughs> they, they live, live in, in Dallas. Dallas. <laughs> it's probably, it's practically Oklahoma. Practically. Okay. Which is practically is... fucking Canada. Oh, God. I'm just kidding. Like Big shouts Canada. to all my Canadians out there. Yeah, no, Canada, nothing but love. Nothing but love for Canada. Mm-hmm. Um, so back to terrorism (laughs) Uh, so then he heads to the hospital and he like again somewhat miraculously he just like immediately finds a korean woman and she's like shut up again and then another woman she was like leave me alone she's like like, i'm no yeah she just walks away he's like i'm a reporter for ubs and she's like goodbye does not say goodbye she just leaves I also like how he just walks up to her, which, like, again, this is New York, this is America. He mm-hmm. just, and maybe it's because I don't, I'm not Korean, but he just walks up to this woman and is like, you're Korean, right? And I'm like, that could have gone so horribly. <laughs> she could have been like, no, actually, yeah. 
I'm a different kind of East Asian. Yeah, or I'm, I'm Korean American and I don't speak Korean. Yeah. I'm just saying. Um, but he manages to find another Korean woman and then she wants him to do an interview so she can talk about one of her colleagues who's left behind. And Hito ends up watching this and she's conflicted because she knows Ejin is doing an important job, but she also worries if he's doing okay. And she tries to call him, but she gets no answer. <sighs> Which, like, to be fair, I think that was a big actual problem during 9-11 that, like, people couldn't call people because the cell phone yeah, towers yeah. weren't working. This is the first time that I've noticed that you're using wired headphones. Um, I'm going to be honest. It's because I thought we'd talk for so long today. I was worried my wireless would run out of battery. It's I came really prepared. <laughs> I mean, but probably true. Yeah. I don't trust Steve Jobs as far as I can throw him. And wow. at this point, he's like dust. So I could throw him pretty freaking far. You throw him far. pretty far. Which I guess means I trust him a lot. So that made no sense. Wow. I'm just... The 9-11 really just put me in a mood to make the worst <laughs> jokes. <laughs> The 9-11. Whatever. I, uh, I make Steve Jobs jokes all the time. I'm always blaming him for things. They, like, add a new feature, and I'm like, thanks, Steve Jobs. I definitely picked that up Probably. Hito is unpacking at the NTC when she finally gets a return call from Yijin. He sounds tired, and Hito is worried about him. Yijin explains that things are really bad there, so he expects he won't be back for a month. Hito is disappointed, but she says she understands. Yijin once again apologizes, and Hito tells him to hang in there. We get a couple of back and forth scenes. Yijin gets more haggard and weighed down by the situation the longer he stays in New York. And Hito continues training but tunes in whenever he has a broadcast so she can at least see his face. Time passes and the U.S. goes to war, which means Yijin has to stay even longer. I guess he's a war reporter now. But like not in the Middle East. <laughs> it's like how does the war affect New York City? Like not at all. Those are the real victims. <laughs> yeah. Not the people of the Middle East. No. <laughs> So you just stay even longer, and though they both try to stay positive, we can tell things are getting a little strained. But Yijin promises to be back for the new year. Liar, liar, liar. Yeah. I'm sad that we no longer measure time in full house releases. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the longer Yijin is in New York, the more it breaks him down. He's not sleeping, he's relying on medications, and he's taking up smoking. The New York correspondent, Gi-hoon, sits Yijin down and confronts him on this. They're both going through the same things. It's hell here. And sweeties, that has nothing to do with 9-11. That's just New York. <laughs> Roasted. <laughs> My least favorite thing about New York and New Yorkers is when they're like bodegas. Like, just oh go down God. to the bodega. Like, you can't see the things you can see at a bodega anywhere else. And it's like... Have you ever been I've to been a gas to a station? Walgreens. A corner store? <laughs> a wa- well, but they don't have cats at Walgreens, Lisa. There's they always don't. a cat in a bodega. I will say that is kind of cool. But, like, it doesn't matter. It's not affecting my it shopping doesn't. experience. Whatever. Who cares? Yeah. No, I. <laughs> Roast them! Anyway. Uh, so, this whole thing, it's, it's like quite touching, actually, because it reminds me. Of Yurim and Hido and how they talked about, like, no one else understanding what they went through. And I feel like this was, like, Yijin's situation. Mm-hmm. He was like, only Gihun gets what I'm going through. And I can't really talk about it to anyone else. And I feel that. Like, that that is, that can happen. That's true, you know? Yeah. Trauma. Yeah. Um, and also, like, I get that he doesn't want to share that with Hido. Like, I, I can also understand that. Yeah. But at the same time, just be like, I'm going through a tough time. And, like, I don't know that I can really, like, say a whole lot to you about it because it's, like, tough. And I don't want you to have to deal with all of it, but, like, I just want you to know that I'm going through it. That's a really good point. Yes. Yeah. 
how was your day? <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Tell exactly. me about fencing. It could go a long way. Yeah. But Yijin feels compelled to stay because, as he said in the past, he wants to use his position as a reporter to show the world what's happening and to prevent it from ever happening again. That hope is what's keeping him there. And that means we have Becky Jin to thank for the end of terrorism in the Western world. <laughs> to Mr. Back. Big up to Mr. Back. Glass. He did what Bush couldn't. The two people that we have to thank for <laughs> no more terrorism, Barack Obama and Becky Jin. Salute. Big ups to these two national heroes. Love them. Hit em. the Vuvuzela on that one. <laughs> <laughs> have we joked enough about terrorism yet? <laughs> it's not our fault. <laughs> I didn't choose this. Yijin is sitting on a bench watching the smoke rise in the distance when he gets a call from Hito. And the vibes, they're just totally off. It seems like their calls are more of a burden than anything, reminding Yijin of how much he misses home and how much he hates New York, or hates being in New York. I don't know if he actually hates New York. We'll just say it. He tells Hito about how much he's struggling, and she tells him he's growing as a person and to hang in there. But Yijin says he doesn't want to grow. This shakes Hito, and she thinks, my support isn't reaching him anymore. Hito returns from the NTC for New Year's break. Jake Young says hi and then immediately starts shit for no good reason by asking if Hito has heard there's an opening in New York and Yijin has applied. It's like, Jake Young. <laughs> Come on, sis. Come on. Hito is stunned and thinks this is just another thing that Yijin will apologize to her about. And I was like, oh my God, this song started playing in the background. No, it's time. <laughs> Hito heads out for New Year's Eve and most notably, she's wearing actual clothes. Cute clothes. Yeah. Monumental. She sees Yijin's replacement reporter, and I really, I just wanted her to, like, walk up and give him a big smooch at the end of the countdown. Like, that is the kind of unhinged behavior I wanted to see. But she doesn't. She does not. There's this real palpable sadness as Hito's, like, wandering through the crowd. Now she's kind of doing her little Christmas time is here walk. She's, yeah, she's got the the Bluth walk. Yeah. Some fans come up and they ask for an autograph and they're like, oh my God, do you have a boyfriend? Which is bold. But Hito says she's not sure. Uh-oh. Hito heads up to the top of the same hill from last year for the countdown. And while Yijin celebrates New Year's at his office with all his coworkers, like y'all are in New York City and you're going to spend New Year's with each other? Okay. They're serious UBS reporters, Lisa. Okay. You're in New York. We learn in the next episode that UBS is clearly the most prestigious news firm on the planet. Well known by everyone. As I've said before, big ups to ups. (laughs) (laughs) I called it. Big ups to four people. UBS. (laughs) Julia Fox. Barack Obama. Becky Jin. Only people we can appreciate. I think at one point we also said big ups to UPS just to make that joke. <laughs> big ups big to ups. ups. <laughs> the perfect five. So yeah, I was like, no wonder y'all are depressed. They both think back on the last year and we see the scene again from last year. And this time we hear Hito say, congrats on turning 25, Yijin. And Yijin says, congrats on turning 21, Hito. And then they promise to come back again next year and the year after and for every year after that. Let's be together forever. End 
of episode 15. I hate it. Like, it really did not hit me until the end of the song, until the end of the episode when they said that. I was like, oh, yeah. that's the song that's playing. And I started crying. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because I think the show has been telling you this whole time, yeah. like, they're going to end at 2521. You're like, oh, shit, it's happening. Yeah, it's 2521, baby. Mm. Yeah, that was rough. It was. All right, well, I guess get on to the big thing. Yeah. Uh, first quotes quote <laughs> you are our quote queen today i'm so okay, sorry good. because i want to say my quote because i didn't say it specifically because it was my quote okay um because it's from my episode and it is someone's mom about hido and it's when she sees her and she says my loach baby that little <laughs> loach <laughs> oh my god i didn't even catch that so i'm glad you i'm glad you said it <laughs> it tickled me she's like that's my loach baby my little loach baby it's my same. loach girl. Same, same. <laughs> we have one core memory together. <laughs> and it's the loaches. <laughs> Me, anytime I have an inside joke with someone, it's really funny. <laughs> well, no, um, yeah. Lisa, come on. We have several inside jokes. It's true. It's but true. I guess they are all foundational. <laughs> foundational. Absolutely. <laughs> so, yeah. One last salute to Sungwon's mom. Gone but not forgotten. Well, not gone but not forgotten. <laughs> She's still, mm, unlike her husband, anyway. But who, like, we never met. I know. I was like, this is coming out of nowhere. I thought, like, maybe I thought he already was dead. Or uh, yeah, I thought like maybe they were divorced or like he was in a coma or something. I don't know. He's not that rich. He's not rich enough for comas. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no one could be. Uh, so on to episode sixteen. Yijin receives a letter from the woman who he interviewed in the last episode. She thanks him for the interview, but says. That her co-worker did indeed die. Oof. Which was kind of a bummer. Real bummer. Uh, and she finishes the note off with Merry Christmas. <laughs> 9-11? Kind of a bummer, turns out. <laughs> Believe it or not. Uh, at a cafe where Eugen is sitting doing some work, we start in on a work ID that says, Back Eugen. <laughs> which felt to me like Netflix and TVN clapping back yeah. to me about all of my previous translation complaints. It felt like such a slap in the face and I hated this. He's talking to a fireman who's sitting across from him at like a different table but my higher up. My favorite thing about this was this man clearly in fireman gear and Jin going, are you a reporter? <laughs> me walking up to someone He's in like, no, I'm a fireman. Are you a reporter? <laughs> Eugene just thinks everyone has his same job. He's like one of those kids where it's like, you know, your dad like works in an office. So you're like, oh, everyone works in an office. <laughs> and it's my dad's office. <laughs> do you work with There's my dad? There's only one office building. <laughs> yeah, do you work with my dad? Um, <laughs> so this fireman is like, oh, like, are you a reporter? And Eugene's like, yeah, I am a reporter. I And then the guy's like, oh, do you work for UBS, the oh. Korean reporting world famous ubs world famous korean news agency ubs oh i guess it must be around christmas i said that the timeline was kind of unclear but i think i'm wrong about that but i also am not sure that the fire was going from september 11th all the way to christmas i know i also wondered about this like i just don't know or was that like a flash forward and then like a flash back i just don't know but um, anyway, so the 
firefighter is like, the fire's still going, and we haven't found any survivors. Oh, okay, it says it stopped burning after 100 days, so I think you're right. That would be more than 100 days. Yeah, it would be more than 100 days. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Eugen asks if he ever wants to just quit his physically and emotionally taxing job of being a firefighter in New York City during 9-11. And the fireman says (laughs) that, no, he doesn't ever really think about that. He just does his job and life goes on. Uh, The fireman gets his coffee and then he's like, this is how I like to end my day. And dude, it is still daytime outside. (laughs) But maybe he was working the night shift. Yeah, yeah. Uh, And (laughs) Eugen stares at the job application form that he hasn't filled out yet. So maybe this was before. Oh, good point. Yeah, okay. I think you're right. Yeah, that does lead me to believe this is before. So at the... NYC UBS office, uh, Gihyun is printing out uh, a piece of paper and has Yijin fetch it for him and do a little fact check. He's like, we're going to fact check this paper. And Yijin's like, okay, sure. Uh, and it's the announcement that Yijin will officially be receiving the New York City office job. Woohoo! Maybe. He seems a little surprised. Uh, Gihyun congratulates him and says that he's happy that the position that he is leaving will be left in good hands. Gihun's just happy to get the fuck out of there, let's be honest. Like, he really he's pulling is. a fast one. <laughs> uh, he notes that uh, that Yijin has had a hard time. Yijin says that he still has hope for this world. Yijin hasn't told anyone back home that he's applied for the position. And Gihun is like, is it because you thought you wouldn't get it? And that's not why. He's. I think he's just worried that everybody's going to be like, I don't. Yeah. <laughs> They're going like, to give their thoughts and opinions. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yijin is back at his place smoking up a storm. You know, he's a pack-a-day guy now. Ugh. It's dark outside, and so I thought it was nighttime, but it's not. Uh, he calls Hito because it is dark outside, and she says that she is surprised that he's up so early. It's super late in Korea, and she has eaten dinner. Oh, good. I felt like I was playing Mystic Messenger. <laughs> the voice of Mystic Messenger will be so happy to hear. Yeah. Uh, he says that he thinks he'll be back in about a month. She says that she's surprised about this, but that she will not be there because she has to go abroad for the Grand Prix World Championship that weekend in Europe. That weekend. That month. I'm so stupid. I said this into my phone. I said weekend instead of month. Ugh. And he's kind of sad about this, obviously, because he's missing his girl. He tells Hito that he's applied for the job in New York, and he's actually ended up getting it. She seems sad about this, obviously, what? because she's going to miss her man. Shocking. Yeah, I, I got to say, <laughs> jerk move for you, Jin. Like, yeah. you don't just apply for big life changes without discussing yeah. with your significant without other. Like, I get your you're partner. going through a lot. I get it. But that's still on you. Yeah. He does say that he is going to have to come back to Korea to wrap a couple things up, and that that is the trip that he's going to take in a month. And he needs to take care of things and move out and stuff. He asks if she's okay, and she says that he wants him to stop feeling sorry, that she wants him to stop feeling sorry for her. And then they hang up the phone, and to me, this was like a, not like a we're on a break situation. This was like Logan and Rory hanging up the phone, not hanging up the phone, because they didn't hang up the phone. They got in a fight, and then they didn't talk to each other for a while. And Rory thought that they were not broken up, but Logan thought that they were broken up. I just watched this episode. This is crazy. (sighs) But no, this to That's me, this crazy. was a breakup. This was basically a breakup. Like, this was a I breakup. I, don't I, know was, why I was like, they Yijin, broke up. Yeah, Eugene was way too taken off guard by this. This was a breakup. Yeah. Like, this was a breakup. Like, you didn't say, though, we're breaking up, but it felt like a breakup. It was a soft break. She yeah. She was trying to give you a hint. Like, ugh. Yeah. This was a really sad and lonely feeling scene, but it was uh, really undercut 
by uh, the green lights that he had on his bedside table, which are the green lights that are in every movie, book, or oh, not book, book. <laughs> movie, play, TV show, etc. Like those bland desk lamps. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He's a reporter. Which took me out of it. Mm. Uh, so we get a time establishment scene. It's two months later. Jiung is taking pictures of a guy for his fashion blog, Moon Street. Moon Street. He's doing well, and he's clearly at least a little successful doing this whole fashion blog thing. As the guy being photographed leaves, there's a voice that asks if it can be photographed next. Who is it? It's Yurim! Ah. He's like, am I dreaming? He is not. It is actually her. She invites him to her house for dinner. Oh. The dinner is a little awkward at first. Yeah. Jiung has really sweaty hands, which he wipes on his pants. Yurim's dad asks what his parents do, and we find out that Jung's mom is the lead nurse at a hospital, and that his dad is nothing because they haven't talked since he was a child because his parents are divorced. Rough. <laughs> and this was really funny to me, because in this serious scene, Yurim's mom has, like, the... She's, like, getting noodles out of the hot <laughs> pot or something. And she stops. Like, midair, she is, like, holding... Yeah. the thing up and just stops and she like looks at her husband and is like what is my reaction supposed to be and he's like you are such a strong person for having yeah. gone through that I'm so proud of you it must have been so tough you're doing amazing sweetie yeah. and the mom is like oh you're just so nice honey and Dude. Yudim is like so is Jung I know I love Yudim's parents just adopting people though they keep adopting everyone I love yes. it just adopt the whole friend group. The mom asks about Hiro, and we find out that, they, that she is coming back to Korea the next day. At the airport, we are fully psyched out, as the person who exits the door, the exit door, is uh, not Hiro, it's Yijin. I thought it was going to be her, because they just talked about her. But it wasn't. It wasn't. I didn't have that same thought, but I feel you. <laughs> I love that for you. <laughs> he gets into a taxi and receives an important phone call about something on a laptop. He asks the driver to pull over, which he does. And then he gets out of the car to see if the laptop is in his bag. It isn't, because it isn't his bag. Uh-oh. It's Hito's bag. They go back to the airport where Yijin speaks with the airline representative who gives the bag back to him. This confused me, because were they on the same flight and just didn't know it? Maybe. Otherwise, how did their bags get mixed up? I guess, I guess they were. They have to have been. Yeah. Maybe he had, like, a layover in America, or not in America, in Europe. Yeah. Which wouldn't really make any sense no. because it's usually the opposite way. They usually go. fly the other way. Hmm. It's getting fishy. You know, maybe with the alternate Olympic schedule, they also have like an alternate flight path schedule. Maybe, maybe also like alternate nine eleven airspace. Perhaps <laughs> I don't know what the nine eleven airspace was like. Actually, you couldn't fly over America entirely. <laughs> the whole thing only can go out. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, the lady is like, you should call the person whose bag this is because she knows you and it's not the airline's fault. <laughs> Such a weird way to say it. She's like, frankly, y'all fucked up, not me. So I'm out of this. <laughs> they have the same bag and it seems like they know each other. So this is obviously their mistake yeah. and not the yeah. airlines. Y'all with your stupid red bags. Not my problem. Yeah. You're matching couples bags. But obviously you're having relationship issues. Yeah. Maybe you should talk. So she's like, you should call her and, uh, Arrange like a bag transfer you have a or whatever. Phone plan too for couples, so just call her. Just call her. Yeah. Just get her on the phone and talk to her. Huh? How about that? 
I don't think he calls her because the next shot we get is Hito sitting on her couch when the doorbell rings and uh, she goes to see who it is. Obviously expecting Eugene. But it's just her bag. Her bag rang the doorbell. Who would have thought? Uh-oh. Just kidding. She goes down the steps and she turns to the direction that he normally is and sees him walking away with his matching couples bag. She calls out to him. Becky Jin. He turns around and they begin their conversation that neither of them wants, but they both definitely need. Yeah. She says that she doesn't feel supported by their relationship and that they're making things difficult by blaming one another. They both mean a lot to each other. And he wonders if she can actually break things off. She says that she will definitely be able to. They won't be able to avoid each other as they live in the same area and have a lot of mutual friends, which, like, sis, he's moving to America. Right. The neighborhood thing is not going to be a problem for much longer. No. And I don't get why, why does it need to be a messy breakup? Like, I don't know. I get it's going to hurt for yeah. a while. But it seems yeah. like this is so much messier than it needs to be. Yeah. They should say hello when they pass one another in the future. Yijin reminisces that this is the place where they first met. And ironically, this is where they end. Ironic. Now she's going to break agrees. his penis. Full circle. <laughs> I was like, when did that happen? Then I was like, oh, right, the little peeing boy. <laughs> little peeing boy. He needs vengeance. Uh, yeah. Blood for blood. <laughs> Hito agrees, and then uh, she leaves. They both cry on the different levels of the structure of the, the house area. And the snow falls. Yijin goes back to his house. He sits on the floor as a red light comes in through the window. The mm. phone rings, and it's just a guy from work. He's gone through all this trauma, and he still has to do the thing with the laptop, whatever still it is. forgot to do it, idiot. He finds it. I don't know how he didn't know that this was his bag, or that his bag was not his bag. I know. Hito's bag was his bag, because this is the most poorly packed bag I've ever seen in my life. Oof. And I feel like everything would just be rattling around in it. He cries some more. Whether or not he's being overwhelmed by the feelings of his ex-girlfriend or the laptop drama, I suppose we'll never know. I'm sure it's the laptop drama. (laughs) I think it was probably the laptop drama. It's definitely relevant right now. (laughs) He's... Really torn up about this whole situation He's at UBS. committed to UBS. The greatest <laughs> news station in the world. <laughs> of all time. Ever. Oh, yeah. The next day, Sungwon comes home and is drunk. She's psyched to see Yijin out and about and tells him that she thinks that because Hido and Yudim are both in Korea, they should all go out as a group of friends. Yijin doesn't say yes or no to this because his friend is smashed. But uh, the next scene features the four schoolmates drinking together without their adult friend. <laughs> Jung and Yurim are wearing couples hats, hats and look like Cosmo and Wanda in this <laughs> pink and green combo. I love that for them. Uh, 3,000 people visit Jung's website a day, and he hopes that one day this will translate to selling clothes in real life or online, ahead of the curve. Yijin texts Sungwon that he won't be coming, and everyone is like, why did he text you? He didn't text his girlfriend. What's up with that? Mm. Hido tells them all that they broke up. And Jung and Yurim take off their hats pretty slowly. That, I was, that was the funniest funny. thing. I loved that. It was so funny. A little levity in this trying time. Right. You know, a nice egg in this trying time. Talk about eggs so much. <laughs> <laughs> that was a that was a reference to It's Always Sunny. Oh. I didn't pick up on it. I'm so sorry. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Fake fan. Fake fan. Hito explains that they were both busy and he's moving to New York, so it just didn't work out. Yudim says that she's surprised that they broke up. Hito says that after a while, they seemed like it seemed like the only option for them, that at one point she could no longer envision a future for them. Jiwung says that this is why you shouldn't date within friend groups. <laughs> Someone is like, 
but you're dating in the friend group. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, but we're not breaking up. Oh, damn. Like, ever. Shut up. <laughs> Read the room. <laughs> really. Hito asks Yodim to fetch her her phone from her bag, and when she does, uh, she hands it to Hito, and Hito drops her phone in the hot pot as she's saying that she and Yijin are for sure not getting back together. And it's really sad. Yeah. <laughs> she's like, yeah, we're not getting back together. She drops the phone and it's just the little picture. Yeah. <laughs> Big time bummer. Yeah. And now their soup's ruined. It's just not good yeah. all over. Not good at all. So she goes to get a new phone and finds out that she can only cancel the couple's plan with mutual consent from the other party, which seems like a terrible policy. This whole thing. This whole thing. Questioning it. Uh... Yeah, and so she calls Eugene, and who then comes to the phone store, and the little phone salesman offers to give them four more weeks of thinking time. Like, he's their breakup counselor, yeah, and they just kind of solidify the breakup right here, right now. I know. Yeah, they gotta, like, sign it away, like, divorce papers. And I was like, yeah, oh, on your like, side, cell phone man. Do your work. Uh, the phone man pulls his hat over his face in distress, which I thought was kind of funny. It was. Again, a nice egg at this trying time. <laughs> the two walk home together, but separately. He yeah. asks if they're doing the right thing, and she says yes. She's sure, as she has been thinking about it for six months. Yijin is surprised by this. He says, you were thinking without me? And she's like, yes, yeah. you wouldn't share anything. You weren't here. <laughs> Yijin says that New York City was hard for him. He felt like everything was too intense to share, and so he didn't. He didn't want to bring her down with him all the way to hell. All in all, he felt burdened by her support. He didn't feel like he could just miss her. Because there were so many people who were dead and would never come back, and she could come back, and so, like, I guess she didn't deserve to be missed. I was like, guy. Mm. I think, so I do think that one was more the other way around. It was like, he didn't deserve to miss someone that he could eventually see again. Sure. Yeah. Sure. That's that's maybe what I was trying to write down, and it just didn't really translate very well. Yeah, no, I think, well, I, I think was the bad thing. translator. No, I mean. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> At least you can count to 11, so. Mm. <laughs> She's still mad that he didn't express any of this, especially as they stand where they promised that they would do just that, where they would talk to each other. Right. And share the good times and the bad times. He says that he didn't want two people to suffer with this, and she tells him that that's why they didn't work. They were lovers during the good times and a burden during the bad. Ugh. She thinks that maybe they should have stayed just friends, that that would have been better. They jumped into the strong love that they had without even thinking about it or knowing what it was like. Hito compares what Yijin has done to the trauma of her mother missing her father's funeral for a newsflash. She doesn't want to be a person who's left behind for the job. He asks her to try to understand his perspective. She says that he isn't trying to understand hers. Uh, she asks if Yijin ever really loved her, and he's like, how dare you even say that? Watch your mouth. And his she's like, face there. That was such a moment. Sorry. You used to like that I was so reckless. Mm-hmm. They break up for real, for real, and Hito walks away as Yijin calls after her. I love this scene. Like, not actually. It was a really good scene. Yeah, I didn't like what was happening. It was happening. just, like, heartbreaking. It was absolutely heartbreaking, but it felt like such a real argument, and, like, yeah. both people made good points, both people made awful points. Like, it felt very yeah. real, and that it was just two people at the end of their ropes, so angry and, like, so upset and not knowing what they're doing and can't control their mo- Like, it just, it felt... It, it made a lot of sense. It was, it it was real. And I like that. I agree with that. One consistent thing with the show is it keeps having really real dialogue. And I like that. 
So time passes and Hito seems to be thriving. We get a montage of some fencing, some team bonding. She takes an apple off of a teammate's head with merely a foil. Classic. And then out of nowhere, she collapses. <laughs> Wait, did you say she takes it off the teammate's head? Yeah. Was that not what happened? Didn't they like throw it in the air and she's like skewered sure. it? I thought it was a... <laughs> I was too distracted by the fun they were having. Hey, you know, we've all been there. Yeah, I thought it was because it was kind of like a callback to her and Coach Young. She's like, mm, I've done this. Mm. I did this with Coach. Oh, there we go. Yeah, I forgot about that. I remember so much about so many episodes, but you remember that. about the eggs, but you don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> Embarrassing. Yeah. Fake fan twenty five twenty one. She wakes up in the hospital with Jake Young being there. Jake Young tells her daughter that she collapsed during training and that they've run a lot of tests, and there's nothing wrong with her. She's dying of a broken heart. So Hito must be stressed. Hito tells her mother that she and Eugene have broken up, and uh, sweetly, very sweetly, Jake Young whips out her phone yeah. and is like, I'm going to call him. Yeah, it was the first and- like motherly thing we've seen. <laughs> also, okay, this is such a tangent, but one thing I've uh-huh. always noticed in K-dramas is that like, the word in Korean for stress is stress. Did they just not have stress before they learned English? <laughs> well, I'm sure it's like one of those things because like, they are always like, kisu. Oh, yeah. Maybe. They didn't have making out until they had English either. Like, the white people not. came and they were like, oh, my God, what are they doing? They're sticking their tongues down each other's throats. Oh, my, oh my God. We call it Frenching. They call it kissing. But before she has the chance to make the phone call, Hito is like, Mom, no, don't do not do that. Please, no. Because uh, breaking up was the right thing to do. You sure about that? Jikyung wonders if her daughter can do this whole thing this whole breakup thing she went through so much training and the stress of all that and uh the breakup is the thing that's stressing you out hita regrets the harsh words that they said at the end of their breakup process and she writes this all down in her diary which is lost in the next scene oh no it's crazy the next day yijin gets off a bus and hito gets on the same bus but through a different door she takes the seat that he was in, the synchronicity of lovers. Uh, after she arrives at the training center, she realizes that her diary is missing. We cut back to her bag breaking and all of her books falling out. Uh, she goes to collect them all in this flashback, except for her diary, which fall. I guess she ga- grabs it and then it falls again. Yeah, it was... I was like, couldn't have just been under a seat or something, but that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> She goes to uh, the nighttime bus yard and gives the driver her contact info, asking for him to return her to found. At the office, Jung Hyuk gives Yijin a new pencil case. It's a very fancy pencil case for a very fancy reporter. You bastard! And he's like, you can't take this embarrassing baby pencil case with you to New York. Jung-yuk. They'll make fun of you for it. No. He uh, tells his little baby co-worker that he's making history by becoming a big reporter in the Big Apple at such a young age. He says that the new trainees remind him of Yijin. Yijin leaves this sweet little pencil case in the drawer as he packs up the rest of his items. Then we're with him on the roof where he is smoking up a storm. And there's a new lad who is there and he's crying. Yijin asks him if he's a trainee. And he says, yes, he is a trainee. His name is Shen Jun Hyuk. Junhyuk, and he was caught using a cell phone instead of a landline. That's his trespass. Rookie mistake. He says that he's trying his best, but he can't seem to get things right. He keeps screwing things up. Yijin's like, that's sometimes how things are. One time I hung up a phone on a live broadcast in a panic. Yes. (laughs) 
But then I was told that it was the right thing to do. So yeah. was it really a mess up? Yeah. Mixed signals. Yeah. He goes to sleep at home a little later and uh, he dreams of the beach trip and he wakes up crying. The next day, Yijin is packing his stuff up when Sugwon's mom comes by to say goodbye. She's going to be gone super early tomorrow. Uh, so now is the time to say goodbye because we're going to miss each other if we don't talk now. This bar made me so sad. I don't it know why. It made me really sad too. She was really sad because she's obviously going to miss her longtime tenant. Yeah. She, he's been living there for a long time. And he's a good neighbor. And it pays on time, I guess. He's another loach baby. He's another loach baby. Uh, she asks for him to visit whenever he's in Korea. He takes a bag outside the blue fence out in front and discovers that there's a package. There's a package waiting for him. It's the diary. It's been delivered to him because there was a duplicate registration card on the inside. And it is his. Yeah, but uh, like, in a cute little... It says Nahido on the front. Like, why didn't they yeah. send it to Nahido, who you can Google? Maybe they thought that the registration card was more important than the diary owner. I guess they like, thought, maybe like, she'd stolen it. Or maybe they thought Yijin made a journal about Hido, a la Hido making a journal about Yudim. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, he's, like, obsessed. Yeah. He's her number one fan. Oh, anyway, uh, there's a sweet little flashback where Hido asks if she can have it as a keepsake, and he's like, yeah, of course. Yijin reads the diary, and he's upset seeing the deterioration of their relationship from her point of view. He reads the entry from the hospital, and he cries openly. A lot of crying. A lot there's of crying. A lot of, cry a lot of crying on both ends of the screen. Right. <laughs> Hido trains at the National Training Center all alone. On a break, she gets a text from Sugwan informing her that Yijin is moving that day. She leaves to go see him, and it turns out that they are both embarrassingly on the same page, and they try to go to each other's houses. Ah. His house is empty. Her house has no one home. He calls her, but her phone is still at the training center. She left, it in, she left it in the gym. So he bluth walks his way back to the bus stop. <laughs> so much bluth walking. And sees her standing by his bag. Uh, after some palpable tension, he stands there and stares at her. She stands there and stares at him. Oh my god, it was so long. I was like so scared they weren't going to go to each other like or something. so long. Yeah, I thought that maybe they were going to pretend that they didn't see each other, which yeah. would be really awkward. Right? Uh, he walks towards her. She says that she was out for a walk a lie and that that she saw the bag that looked like his bag and she was gonna wait by it <laughs> i hate this lie she asks if she has back-to-back -back competitions and she, he tells her to be safe she tells him to stop turning to alcohol for hard times and freaking go to therapy because it's so easy to do in the u.s i know that was such a funny <laughs> hito i need your advice as well i need therapy <laughs> You're like, what a dis, what a dis on Korea, first off. Right? Well, also, like, man, if this is easy. Okay. He bends down to tie her shoe, and as this is happening, they're both crying, and then he stands up, and they hug, and it's emotional, and they're crying. Seven years later, <laughs> the UBS boss complains that there's no one who's qualified to there's take no Jae Kyung's one. job. No one's as good as you, Jae Kyung. Yeah. No one else would skip their husband's funeral for their work <laughs> like yeah. you would. Oh, but there's someone who would. <laughs> no one has broken Hito's heart like you have. I think that really... Except for there's someone else. <laughs> really gave you an edge up. <laughs> uh, they run over a couple different people. They don't run over a couple different people. <laughs> deserved. Honestly, deserved. <laughs> they talk about a couple different people and the boss is like, well, they've got the look. But a terrible voice. 
They've got the voice, but no good looks. We need someone who can represent the network properly. So she's like, well, if I recommended somebody, would you consider them? And he's like, yes, of course we would. And she's like, okay, how about Becky Jin? <gasps> he's too young. And everyone says, he is too baby. He's way too he's baby. Too baby. And she's baby. like, he's got the looks. He's got the voice. He's worked for us for 10 years. He's, he's qualified, baby. baby. <laughs> he's he's my little son. Yeah, I like that we've continued the Jake Young mentorship. Oh, hold on. Okay, so there was this fun little thing that they did. <laughs> Between the last scene, the emotional scene, and the seven years later, they had like a little newsreel montage of like events. There was like a, a tropical storm. Oh, yeah. And yeah. Obama was the president. And, no. and like there was a financial situation that occurred. Okay, and like I did notice. A bombing. And yeah, I was like, it was, huh? It was all natural disasters. And then the Obama election. It's like, oh, God. Okay. <laughs> Bold. I guess it was just like, I think it was just like important events. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So anyway, what made me think of that is that she says Obama is president at 47. (laughs) So clearly anything is possible. Yijin arrives back in Korea and, uh, oh, he gets the job also. Yijin arrives back in Korea. His family finally reunited after these long 11 years. Dude, I like forgot about that. I'm not going to (sighs) lie. I kind of did too. And I thought it was so anyway, weird how it was just like, like his tiny little parents. Yeah, and it's like his mom was there, and then he's like, "Hey, mom!" And then the dad comes up, and he's just like, "Hey, dad!" And it's like, it wasn't clear if they were together before. <laughs> like, is this is this the reunion? Yeah, it's just like right it, now. It was kind of subdued. <laughs> and I think he buys like the house. I think so. It was confusing, but it kind of looked like an apartment building. Yeah, I guess he bought like a condo, maybe. Maybe like, for them. The- Apartment. And he takes out a loan, and she cries. Classic. So anyway, he's like, I have to go to work tomorrow. And so he goes to work the next day and introduces himself to the crew. They all clap, and Jake Young comes to shake his hand. He thanks her for giving him the chance to live his dreams. You're going to space, son. <laughs> this is a new dream. Oh, sorry, sorry. The dream of becoming, I guess, the head newscaster at UBS. New York correspondent to UBS newscaster. <laughs> Sorry, a sportscaster. Well, no, now he's to a... New York caster oh, yeah, to yeah. the main broadcaster. The yeah, ankle. so he's he's been on a whole journey. Truly, Hito visits Coach Young, who is back at Taeyang Taeyang High School. She didn't like how all of the adults that she was coaching didn't listen to her because I guess they thought of her as their peer. Hito tells Coach Young that she is thinking of retiring. She's been at it for 20 years, and she's tired. That's crazy. Fencing isn't fun. She's tired. She wants to move on with her life. To make the decision official, Coach Young suggests a game of odds or evens. She puts the coins in her hand, shakes them up, and then doesn't tell Hito the answer. She peels back her pinky, and then she's like, you're going to have to make this choice yourself, kid. Don't leave it up to fate. She reminds her student that they've already played this game, and that Hito lost every round, and... She took her in as a trainee anyway, so she'll have to decide herself. Sungwan, meanwhile, has straight hair now, and she's working on a game show, so I guess her perm wore off after those six months. She's fallen asleep at her job, working on a variety show. She gets a phone call from her mother telling her that her father's died. Okay, I expected so much more, though. Again, Joan of Arc, but she's just like a game show assistant. Yeah. Like, what's the connection? What what am I missing? Well, I guess she gets two hours of sleep a night, which is like some Vince McMahon shit. (laughs) 
Joan of Arc, maybe she was narcoleptic. <laughs> but yeah, I thought she'd be but, like working for like the Peace Corps or like. Yeah, or something. Or like a high powered lawyer or something. Maybe she would like have a pirate radio station that inspired yeah, children to DJ. rebel. That would have been perfect. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Why? Why? Production assistant. Oh, well. Yeah, on a variety show, not even on like a political show. Mysteries. Like a variety show. Yeah. Whatever. Uh, at the funeral, everyone has sent flowers, but uh, they didn't show up. And then we have oh. a moment of, just kidding, they <gasps> are there. Uh, Sungwon and her mom are so psyched to see them all. They don't really meet anymore, which is sad, but expected because they're growing up and they're getting older. They go to go eat in like a cafeteria room or whatever. And uh, they discuss their lives. Sungwon doesn't get to sleep because she's working on this variety show and she only gets two hours a night. Yudim and Jung plan on getting married, but Jung has not proposed yet. Uh-oh. Hito is married and cautions the two, kind of jokingly, but also kind of not, that breaking an engagement is a lot easier than getting divorced. Which, okay. And I was like, is this going somewhere? Right? Right? Like, it kind of implies that her marriage isn't happy. And yeah. Like, where is her husband? Where is he? Why isn't he supporting her in this? I don't know. Is he doing something? Is he having his own independent career? Well, I thought that was impossible in a relationship. Mm. Anyway. Well, mm, Maybe up. he's like a big sharer. And, you know, because Eugene's problem wasn't that he had a job. It was that he wasn't sharing any information. Yeah, but that was like a momentary problem. I mean, I th- it was like a, at that point, I guess a problem that had been going on for months. Yeah, but I guess I'm saying like it was like a one issue that happens like in one instant. Like, you know, it's not an insurmountable uh, yeah. issue. <sighs> I don't know. They should have talked it out. Definitely. They should have. Sure. This is before San Francisco. Yurim asks if Hito plans on winning the gold medal and she's like, of course, my only competition, Ko Yurim, isn't there anymore. Sucker. No. Uh, Yijin arrives separately and sneakily puts an envelope in the box thing i don't really know like do you give money to people yeah, I at think funerals so. yeah okay so he and puts his money envelope at the in cafeteria there. <laughs> great <laughs> you love to see it you love to see it <laughs> he sees someone who says that her mother would be happy to see him but she's asleep right now so they go to go eat at the cafeteria thing and someone catches him up on the lives of their friends Jiung owns a clothing store with a list of impressive brands, none of yeah. which are named. His website did well enough to afford him this, but he's also very successful in the clothing bi- business, so not surprising. Yurim owns a fencing club and retired two years prior. They are located close to an international school, and she has plenty of students hoping to get into Ivy League colleges, because apparently fencing looks amazing on your Ivy League college application. If only I'd know. Somebody call Paris Geller. Yeah. <laughs> I guess they did fence. They did fence. fence. They had a weird fencing scene. You know, I was making a Gilmore Girls joke here just right off the cuff, and then I found out I was wrong. It was only one time, I think. But my own brain. They only fenced once. (laughs) But I think it was probably like a a repeated gym Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. It was just a weird thing to show it only one. And like, I'm sorry, Rory's so awkward. She ain't gonna fence. No, she's not. She, I can't imagine that Rory would be very good at fencing. Yeah, and (sighs) she still made it into an Ivy League, so... She got into all the schools that Paris did and also didn't. Uh, so because she didn't have sex. Obviously. <laughs> I have the good kid. I have Lorelai. What a Fuck little witch. <laughs> oh, the Gilmore Girls. Oh, man. I could go. Talk about a thing I could go on about. <laughs> <laughs> she asks if he wants to hear about Hito, but he tells her that he hears about it all in the news. So, no. 
rough. rough. Someone says that she misses the good old days. Me too. It a, but it must have been a lot of work for Yijin because he was the only adult in a group of teenagers. And he says that it was fun trying to keep up with all those rascals. That he liked them all and uh, they made it easy for him to forget his troubles. Yijin, who's been drinking too heavily is called out by his eating companion, Sungwon, his former neighbor. Uh, and she's like, you're so inebriated, you're not going to be able to drive your car. And he says, I'll just get a driver. I have a driver. Okay, so like, pause. We okay. have like, hints that Hito's not super happy. We have hints that Yijin's not super happy. You would think from this point on, there would be some kind of reconciliation. Not even romantic, but something to indicate the characters get happier. Unpause. <laughs> you would think that. And so he calls for his car, and his driver is his little brother. But now he's a big boy. He's a grown up now, played by a different actor and everything. Yeah. Someone is like, You're so tall. So After handsome. he's like, uh, DJ Wansung. <laughs> I've been waiting for you. It's me, Bako. <laughs> what a pain. Uh, yeah, man. and he's like, I've been waiting for you. I think it's been long enough, don't you? And they exchange numbers. And she's absolutely awestruck by this specimen of a man. Even they she get says, together. Even they like, get together. Like, life's about to get a whole lot more fun or something. I know. I was like, go off, someone. Great. Tear him apart. Yes, queen. Yeah, maybe he can burn you at the stake of love. <laughs> oh, nice. Also, I like how Eugene was like, girl, it's like your dad's funeral. Calm down. Now is not the time for sexy times. Get your pants back on. Yeah. At the fencing club, one of Yudam's students asks for her to be his match partner for a trial match. He has a competition coming up and he wants to medal. She says yes and they begin, already masked up and everything. This guy is doing horribly and Yudam is like, you are not using any of the skills I've taught you. You aren't ready for competition and you certainly aren't ready for a medal. But he did meddle in a different way. What are you doing? Anyway, that's the long and short of it. This guy takes his helmet off. And it is revealed that it is not the guy from before. It is Jium. He tells her it doesn't matter where he came from. It matters where he'll go. He puts a ring on her finger. It's very sparkly. He then tells her that only she can make him feel everything. In the epic highs and lows of high school football. <laughs> that everything they have been through for the past 10 years has been fantastic. That they are meant to be. He proposes. He says, will you marry me? All of the students set off their little confetti guns when she says yes. And it's very sweet. Of course she's going to say yes. so cute. It was such a cute so, little surprise. Yeah. And I love that all these years later, he still cannot resist a public proposal. Yeah. It's like his thing. He's like, against That's my so better true. nature, I have to make That's a big so thing out of true. it. That's so true. There's a meeting at UBS and the team is going over what will happen if Hito wins the gold medal in San Francisco. They go over the questions and he says, we're not doing question number five. It's about her personal life. And she doesn't like being interviewed about her personal life. I know because I've reported on her for a long time, not because we are romantically involved, have been romantically involved at any point. It's not about that. It's about the knowledge of her as a competitor. Exactly. I also think it's like so funny that like in 2008, nobody's figured out that like, she was Jake Young's daughter. I know. And also, that she, like, it just seems kind of wild to me. Dated Yuji. I mean, yeah. And also, I thought it was funny how when he said, like, she doesn't like personal questions, everybody was shocked when it's like, well, I figure most people don't probably. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's just kind of, like, a good guess. Yeah. 
No, that's right. You're very, you're very <laughs> correct in this. It's going to be a live interview as they're talking about it. There's a little news lad who comes in and says, hey, she, <laughs> she won the gold. This is the second time I've referred to someone as a lad. <laughs> is it one of uh, Sungwan's boys? One of them newsies? He's from Brooklyn. <laughs> Brooklyn's here. <laughs> he comes in and he says, she did it. She won the gold. Extra, extra. Read all about it. Extras, extras. Nahido wins gold in San Francisco. <laughs> Come get your papers here. Anyway, she is preparing for her interview in San Francisco. Her little prep team is like, do you have an angle that you look best from? And she says, my good side is my left side. Left side, strong side. And they're like, it's amazing. You're such a professional knowing that about yourself. And she says, somebody told it to me at one point. The somebody who told it to her is the guy she's about to do an interview with. Whoa. As the interview begins, it is kind of, it's the same clip, but it felt like less awkward to me. I agree. Which made me think that maybe they filmed it twice and they did like these little half smiles for the one that was supposed to be less awkward. And uh, they didn't do the half smiles for yeah, the initial just... one, which was supposed to be awkward. I feel like they cut it slightly shorter of like... Maybe that too. Linger as long. Yeah. So there's a montage of Hee-Yin's best moments as a couple and as a couple of friends. Then we cut back to the studio. At the 2009 Open Fencing Competition, Hito retires. At this press conference, her retirement press conference, she says that she's grateful for her career, but looks forward to not having to train anymore, which gets a laugh out of everyone. She says that her most honorable moment was her rivalry with Yurim. Yurim has arrived in the back. She has flowers. She's wearing a white dress. She's arrived? Sorry. She's arrived. Arrived? Oh, no, that's funny. That's really funny. <laughs> it <laughs> is. Like, that's it is not funny. what I said. It's funny. Uh, Yurim quietly agrees. And then she loudly agrees. Yeah. While she's standing in the back of the crowd. Still in the moment. <laughs> you already retired. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> yeah. These two friends are happy to see each other and embrace in front of the cameras. Yudam tells her congratulations on the retirement and gives her flowers. It kind of looks like they're getting married. Um, uh, and then they shake I'm not hands. opposed to it. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Present day, Minche is reading about her mom's retirement on her phone. The bookstore man is closing his store. And no one is interested in physical media these days. That's what he complains <laughs> that about. It's like such a weird moment. It really was. He's going through the boxes and he's complaining about how nobody likes to buy books used to be a rental store, and then he was a used bookstore, and he's just not happy anymore. Uh, he goes through these boxes, and he finds an envelope for Nahido, which uh, he recalls he was supposed to give to her a zillion years ago, and he's like, she was a frequent customer. It's amazing that he was able to remember this, but not able to remember to return the journal. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was really funny. Uh, the envelope. You don't know that it's the journal at this oh, point. Oh, so sorry. Uh, he reminisces on that time that Yijin came and gave it to him and is embarrassed that he still has it. He takes it to uh, Hito's old house and he says, hey, does Nahito live here? This is for her. She used to live here. And Minche's like, uh, she's not here right now, but I'm her daughter. I'll take it. Okay, but Minche seemed like ready to fight in that scene. <laughs> she was like, why are you here? What are you doing? <laughs> Get out of my lawn. What are we doing here? She opens the envelope and discovers that it's the diary, and she gets really excited about it, and then she puts it back. 
Hito's working on some woodworking stuff downstairs, I guess, in their woodworking shop that is at their house, I guess. Uh, and Minche tells her mom that she wants to do ballet again, that she's thought about it a lot. And she wants to laugh and cry because of her experiences. She wants the highs and lows of high, high school football, etc., etc. Echoing what her mother had said so many episodes ago about fencing. Before she leaves the shop, she gives her mom the envelope and tells her that she wanted to peek, but she did not, for the record. Mm. She says, for the record, I didn't look. Mm. <laughs> She's going to write her own story now. Minche leaves and Hito opens the envelope to find her diary and she smiles fondly as she goes through the pages. The final page that is filled out, it's not in her handwriting, it's in Yijin's handwriting. He has written a note to her. Adult Hito thinks that the diary has, uh, how the diary has brought back memories and she's regretted the way that the breakup was for a really long time. The entries that they wrote separately were in essence letters to each other playing out a breakup scene that did not happen, where they were grateful, open, honest about their feelings that they had for one another, their deep love and connection for each other. Uh, adult Hito heads back to her car. She has been at the tunnel. She's been at the tunnel. And she drops her diary. Again, this diary's always getting dropped. <laughs> Sisterhood of the traveling diary. Sisterhood of the dropping diary, more like. <laughs> it's getting left all over the place. Uh, so she drops it with her heels and everything. I thought her shoes were pretty. I, I liked her shoes, but I like white shoes. Yeah. Uh, and the person who picks up the diary is not adult Hito, but teen Hito, who is wearing her little school uniform and traveling with her school uniformed friends. They're running and she says, no, my diary. And she goes back to go get it. Is it their school uniform or is it the Jungle Prince costume? It was Maybe really hard both. to tell. <laughs> Even though it didn't last forever, she would always have memories of that time, of the friendship and excitement of youth. There's one final montage of some moments from the series before we get our cast photos and some credits. And then in a final scene, which I thought was more exciting than the... Because, I, I, like, the, the whole fucking... That whole scene, I just... I was crying too much. This is why I told you earlier that my final notes for the last scene oh, was... yeah? They were bad because I was crying too Aww. much. That it was like they they wrote their letters to each other and the the breakup was like so much better. Yeah, yeah, that was a good scene. The, it was great, and the then uh, yeah, the fake breakup, which would have been a lot better. And I wish yeah. that they'd had the chance to have that fake breakup, but they didn't. Me too. I kept thinking like, there's a reason she's going to the tunnel. Maybe he's going to be at the tunnel. Yeah, and like the way that they were shooting it, I thought that he yeah. was going to be at the tunnel. Yeah, and I thought it was going to leave off there. And I like I would have liked that like an open ending. Like maybe they reconnect then. And see, I kind of feel like this was actually an open ending. In, like, a different way. Okay. Or at least open to sequels. <laughs> yeah, okay, well, yeah, yeah, it is. Because <laughs> we did kind of get a tease here with this moment that I am about to describe, mm -hmm. where uh, there, there are two dudes who are sitting in an office. One of them is Yijin. I think that the other one was uh, Jung-hyuk. Oh, yeah. Besties. <laughs> with, like, he had a vein on his arm, and I was like, damn, daddy. Jung-hyuk? <laughs> Yeah, there was, like, a bulging vein right here. <laughs> You're a vein gal. All right, I respect And I was it. like, whoa. That's I guess he lifts or something. Notice, What's no. up? Jungyuk. It's his I was hate. trying to figure out who it was. <laughs> Desperately. I need to know. Uh -huh. 
they're trying to log into an account that he created at one point and can't remember the password for and he's tried a lot of passwords and can't figure out which one it is so he clicks the retrieve password button and has to answer the security question his security question is who was your first love he types out the answer slowly deliberately and the answer is nahito and that's the end that's the end that's the end end that's the end that's the end yeah very controversial for now Okay, I mean, well, you're giving it more than I think it might have, but <laughs> maybe, yeah. Um, very controversial end. Probably the most controversial I've seen in a long time for a K-drama. So to me, jump in at any time. The good, okay. I thought the good. The good of the ending was I think it was set up well. I think it made sense. I think it didn't come out of nowhere. It fit with the theme of the show. Yeah. It all flowed. The bad was it wasn't satisfying. And that might seem like a very little thing. But there's a lot of reasons why it wasn't satisfying to me. But first of all, too much bitter, not enough sweet. The ending reinforced the theme of the show, but I think I am posturing it was a bad theme because the theme is essentially our youth is full of happiness and freedom and sometimes people come along in our youth who help us through these moments and they don't last and that's okay. And is that true? Yeah, probably for a lot of people. We lose connections and we grow older and people that really matter to us get left behind. It's real. I'm not mm-hmm. arguing that. But I don't think that just because something is real means it's good. In fact, I sometimes think the opposite. I think media should inspire us to make changes or think about things a different way or give us a positive outlook. I think we should keep up with people who have positively influenced us when we can. I think we should strive to make our whole lives happy and not just live in the memories of a romanticized youth even if Hito and Yijin didn't end up married or in a relationship it would have been nice to see them reconnect somehow in some way why couldn't they reconnect in 2009 or at someone's dad's funeral or even in the present when Hito found the journal imagine if rather than a random password scene at the end it had been Yijin receiving an email from Hito reaching out to see how he's doing a Facebook request a poke anything like add that onto the fact that we don't see Hito reconnecting with anyone from the group in her adult years it just gives it such a sad isolating feeling in her current life like she's solely subsisting on the happy memories of the past yeah like it just and even like the way that Yijin like used her as his like that whole moment made it seem like he's still not over her which is just incredibly sad like why like I why dovetail that on exactly and like I'm, I'll be straight up. I wish they had ended up together. By the end, I really wanted them to end up together romantically. I yeah. did. But I, and we've talked about this, like, I, I would have been satisfied if it was just they still were in each other's lives. So clearly they meant a lot to each other and were really good for each other. And so the fact that they're yeah. just not there at all is just, to me, I just feel like it's not a positive message. Yeah. And then, like, going on, what was the point of the modern storyline? It seemed really only to be used as a transition. And to just give us hints that they weren't going to get together ahead of time. Like, there's the COVID connection at first, which I liked. But under that, it was just completely underutilized. In my rewrite, let's add a scene at the end where we find out that the whole gang has kept up with each other. And from doing... And maybe just like they grab dinner together every few months. But the pandemic has kept them apart. And now, in the last episode, they're finally able to go out again. And we see that these kids are all right. They stay together and they're happy. And sure, things have changed, but they also love each other in their own ways. Like, give some kind of happiness to the 2022 era. Because otherwise, it just feels like everything has changed and nothing is happy. Yeah. And that everybody (laughs) is... That, like, adulthood is being miserable. Yes! (laughs) Or just finding... Like, like, the only time we see Hito happy is through Minche, like picking up ballet again and like that was kind of happy which is great find happiness in your kids but that shouldn't be the only place you find happiness yeah you should have other sources of happiness yeah i thought it was just kind of a 
like a weird and I I feel like I kind of cursed it because in those first couple episodes I was like oh you know it's really good let's see if they take the ending and yeah yeah it didn't really happen yes yeah like it delivered on a lot of emotional beats like as far as the past storyline went but I didn't think that it did in the modern storyline which I also don't understand the purpose of Yes. Because, like, even the COVID stuff, like, the COVID stuff didn't really do much. Yeah, it was, like, at the beginning there was the COVID-IMF connection, but then those we just kind of moved on from those as time passed. Yeah. Yeah. Also, character development, particularly with Hito. Like, I feel like it was so great for the first 15 episodes, and I think, like, the actors and the writing, they did a really great job balancing, like, the youthfulness and, like, maturity, mm-hmm. and, like, she changed so well, and we commented on that so many times. We were invested. And then to only see Hito at the end is so unsatisfying like what happened to yeah. everyone else what happened to Yijin? did yeah. he move on is he happy because like again that very last scene makes it seem like he's not and even Hito herself seems like perpetually depressed yeah all she's got is her woodwork and yeah. her daughter who wanted to quit ballet and then decided that she wanted to experience more or when she finds that journal which again just makes it seem like only the past is happy like yeah and, like, I just feel like the reasons we fell in love with her were totally gone in her adult life. And I, I do think that was intentional, but I just, I don't like it. Like, I just, I don't yeah. think that's a good message to be like, we're all in our best when we're at 18. Like, that's, yeah, maybe that's true I think, for like, a lot for of a people. lot of people, it's, it's painfully realistic, probably. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I'm not um, arguing that. I just, yeah, I don't. Which is just, like, it sucks. And I, I don't get, I don't get it. I just don't get it. Yeah, that's why. And, like, I think. I think part of the thing is the show is like, oh, well, it's the song. We're copying the song. You knew this was going to happen because of the song. But I think it's totally different to have that kind of depressed longing theme in a song that's three and a half minutes long and it's just really mm-hmm. just encapsulating an emotion versus something that we've invested like 20 hours in at this point. Yeah. Like I, I don't, I, cause I saw some people being like, well, ugh, some people went into the, I'm going to call people out this. Oh, well, I don't always want to know. Like if they always got together in the end, that would be boring. Like it, it and that's reminds me of the whole subverts expectation argument yeah. from Game of Thrones. And that is not a valid argument, actually. <laughs> Just because something doesn't do what you expect it to do or doesn't do what everything else does does not inherently make it good. No. Period. <laughs> yeah. Also, the breakup. The breakup itself and the discussion and conflict. All of that I liked. It was very real. However, the issue with the conflict that broke them apart, long distance and devotion to their own careers, and I think you did make a good point about, like, Yijin not being able to share his emotions. Like a lot of just, like, a communication issue. It's a communication. And then, like, the other conflicts were the same conflicts experienced by other characters, and they were able to overcome it. Like, I'm so glad that Jiyoung and Yudim ended up together, but it was just, it felt like a slap in the face that they were able to freaking conquer her going to Russia, and somehow, like, Yijin and Hito couldn't make it work. And same with even, like, Yudim and Hito. They ended up together. They were rivals. They were long distance, and they still ended up friends. Like, why was everyone else able to make it work, but not (laughs) Hito and Jiyoung? <laughs> Hito and not Yijin. Hito and June. They did. They make, couldn't make it work. They did. They're still friends. Well, we don't know. Mm, but like, yeah, why we don't we, know? Why were our veins not? And like, I feel like Hito and June. Oh my god, why do I keep saying Hito and Yijin had like such a? They've been through so much more, and I feel like they'd overcome yeah. so much that it just it felt like it felt this random. Goofy. Yeah, it felt like a total random meltdown. Yeah, I didn't love this ending. <laughs> it really. I liked. I liked the me. two scenes. The two scenes isolated they were good and like i guess they were good in connection to the rest of the series i just wish there had been more exactly and that's why it's like it's such a small change like if it if they had just given more of a a solid foundation that people were happy and the people were connected still and if we're having an hour and a half long episode 
two yes. hour and a half long episodes here at the end. Why? And, like, exactly like we talked about with, like, just change that ending scene a little bit. Like, make it, give it some hint. You know what it reminded me of, kind of? Hmm. Cheese in the Trap. Did you watch that? Okay. I didn't watch that. Oh, okay. Well, spoilers for the ending. We've covered it on the podcast. So, yeah. uh, if you don't want spoilers, skip ahead. And if you don't want spoilers, plug your ears. But, like. You're you're in my ears right now. Oh, no. (laughs) Plug me out of my But I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. I mean, that was that's one of my favorite K-drama endings. I thought it was really good because basically, for anyone who doesn't remember, it's like the two leads, like the main guy, basically like the girl calls out the guy that like, basically like, you have issues, my guy, and you need to sort them out before we could be together. And he goes, okay. And he goes off and they have like no contact for years because he's like sorting his shit out. And then at the very end, you see that like finally he's read her emails and there's this kind of hint of like, okay, maybe they're going to get back together. And I felt like it was similar of it was like two characters realizing that like in this moment of time, they cannot be together. And like they don't end up together romantically, but it's like there's still this idea that like they're both happier. They both improved their lives. They're living their own lives and they're going to reconnect. And it's not like they're hung up on the past. And I feel like that's the big difference between that ending and this ending is like it gave a little bit of hope and it also gave that like we've we've moved on we we're ha- like i just cannot believe that this the whole theme of the drama was like yeah the happiest times are behind us <laughs> like what from here on out life sucks basically and i'm just like god 9-11 wasn't that bad <laughs> <laughs> yeah i feel like it's not too much to ask that media kind of inspires us to do better rather than just yeah. accept reality like i don't Again, I don't think they even had to end up together romantically. No, but I think they could have just having, reconnected as friends. Yes. Or, yeah, I mean, I think it could have been even, like, a nice ending to just, like, reveal that they have been connected. Like, I think, and, like, Ben and Shay could be like, oh, that's Yijin, the guy that, like, we sometimes hang out with. You know, it's like, even that would have been fine. I mean, I just, the idea that they're not in their each other's lives at all after we've spent so much time with them and rooting for them yeah. and invested in them. It's just, it's, it's, it's heartbreaking. And I don't, yeah I don't, it's not a good kind of heartbreak. Yeah. Uh, thank you for letting me rant. I needed that. Hey, you know, you're all good. I'm, I'm glad that you could rant. I'm glad that you have a place to let it out, you know? Me too. I know I have a podcast. Ha ha ha. Ha ha ha. But yeah, no, it was it was interesting seeing the reactions on Reddit because yeah, it seemed it, like I will say I don't think the ending ruined the show for me. Um, it seems like it did for a lot of people though. Yeah, 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 yeah. This one person said, "I'm incredulous at the amount of bad reviews because the show did not end with a double wedding." This is not an SBS slash KBS production where we can typically expect everything to be resolved and gift wrapped in a Hallmark style ribbon and bow. This show excels as a coming-of-age dramedy to celebrate the moments of youth that you only capture once in your lifetime. The moment you feel invincible and sure that the life-love friendships you had at the time, he at 25, she at 21, will stay forever like that. What eventually happens to our beloved character is another story and totally not the point of the show, which is similar to other coming-of-age dramas such as Reply 1988 or, more recently, Record of Youth. We do not need to find out who Minche's father is. The last two scenes were poignant, beautiful, and really well shot. Okay, fair reply guy um disagree because the phrase you use coming of age you gotta come of age that means that as you grow up things get better that means that you learn something that means that something in your past has affected you now rather than it just being an isolated moment that you just dwell on wistfully every once in a while (laughs) they didn't arrive anywhere they did not come of age they just happen to be almost in like a totally different reality where they're all sad 
Yeah. Which, like, and I guess they weren't all sad, because I think two out of the five of them were happy, maybe even three out of the five. We don't know what happened with Sung Well, that's Sung-won the other thing, is we don't know how hard What's his name? It, why can't we see Jiung and Yurim at the end? Even if we don't see them, could we just get some hint of what happens with them? Yeah, they weren't even like, oh, you know, I had a great time at their wedding, yes. and I'm happy for them and their ten kids. Yeah, like, they could, couldn't they just, like, send a... Do a throwback. Have them send an email to Hito and just be like, yeah, here's us on our beach trip with our kids. Like, give us something. Yeah. <laughs> For all we know, they're dead. That's they a- might be. They might have died in uh, a pla- the one of the many plane crashes that has happened oh since my gosh. 2008. <laughs> or in Obama's election. The greatest tragedies <laughs> of our world, according to Clearly, UBS. Yeah. According to UBS. Yeah, I don't... I mean, I get, you yeah. know, people, if they like it, you're welcome to like it. Like, this is... I mean, yeah, like, you're welcome to, like, garbage, too, like, <laughs> the ending of Game of Thrones. Like, you are free to like that. I mean, it feels it's like... The, I don't people think people be... Well, but, like, have people... Be prepared to have people argue with you. Oh, yeah. No. I mean, this is... If there's ever a time to come in the Discord, please now, because I want to yeah. hear other opinions on this. But I just... Like, I think this is just one where it's, like, I guess if you are fine with that theme then you're fine with it and if you're not you're not kind of and like no actually i'm not gonna it, the whole like this isn't sbs kbs like no um i watch K dramas because they're cute and they're fun that's kind of them inherently like that's why like i don't really think pachinko's a K drama like you know it's like it's in the yeah. genre a bit and yeah i just this was not the best you want to give it a rating though well i'm doing thumbs up thumbs down okay. i think overall it was a thumbs up for me you're <laughs> straight thumbs up thumbs down now yeah <laughs> because well, I, I can't do star ratings or oh, yeah. no, number that's totally ratings. Fine. I, I have like, a hard time with it. Oh, so like either thumbs up. Th- yeah, I think. Yeah. If yeah. Your thumbs up, so I'll like it was a like up. a single thumbs up. You're like on Netflix. Yeah. Well, but uh, now I noticed today they have uh, you can do a thumbs down. You can do a thumbs up or you can do a double thumbs up, which oh, means you wow. loved it. Yeah. So you're just so a- I I'm a single thumbs up. I liked the most of it i didn't really like these last two episodes but like for the most part it was good for the most part i enjoyed it um i think it's worth a watch i agree i'm because i'm i was the same way that i'm like it's hard to rate because i feel like the first like 15 episodes yeah it's like a 99 out of 100 for me it was so high you know that i was talking it up yeah and then you were yeah and like i do think the ending hit hard but i don't like i I I didn't not in the way that they wanted it to yeah like i think I don't because I guess the nice thing is that like I feel like the re- like because it's the theme of the show like the past still exists and like that's where the happy memories are and like the ending doesn't really mm-hmm. change that um, so I still think it's like it's a solid A show for me like a like a ninety four ninety five still mm-hmm. just with a huge caveat that like the mm-hmm. ending is going to rip your soul out and for like the next yeah. twelve hours you're gonna be in a funk because you're gonna be sad yeah. and you're just gonna listen to sad songs. You're going to be bummed out. You're just going to be listening to 2521 over and over and over again. Me. The Cranberries. It's a good song. It's grown on me. Yeah. Well, good. <sighs> so you were thumbs up also. I am thumbs up. Yeah. Okay, great. I'm thumbs up and I'm like so we're both almost closer overall. to like a double thumbs up. Oh, really? I still really yeah, you love know, the show. I mean. Like the highs were high and the right. lows were pretty low like it's still i'd still recommend it to everyone i know who yeah. watches k-dramas like and yeah. i think just i would have... even maybe recommend it to people who didn't generally watch k-dramas just because if they wanted like a happy warm fuzzy show that ends in sad yeah i That's think the real like, question well done. is do you 
do you warn people or do you not warn people? I think that's where I'm like having trouble. It's like, do I say yeah. like, okay, like I really recommend this show, but no, that like the ending, but that like gives everything away. Yeah. I don't know. Like just so you know, ahead of time, they don't get together. Would that make it better? Would that make it worse? I don't know. That's, I, I, I'm I feel like it would that. maybe make it better. You think? Uh, I don't I know. Because do. then I, I feel like if someone told me that, I guess if somebody told me they don't get together and like they never interact outside of like their youth. I you would, wouldn't have watched it? I don't know that I would have watched it, but it would have made me like so sad. Like I feel like the happy moments would have hurt so much knowing that. Yeah. That everything that was sweet would have been a little bit more bitter. Yeah, I don't know. Exactly. I guess I will struggle with that forever also. Allegedly, I saw this on Reddit, so I don't know how true it is. Okay. Uh, Kim Terry was like trying to convince the writer to change the ending because she thought it was oh. too sad. I mean, it is too sad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was like way too sad and I don't really understand why they did it. But, you know, what can I do? I can't can do anything do? except for complain. Oh, I can do that a lot. All right. Should we have some fun? Let's have some fun. Superlatives. Superlatives. Give out some awards. Um, yes. I have four. Okay. I have four too. <gasps> Which is amazing because as you know, when we started this episode, I had zero. That is impressive. I wasn't going to expose you, but now I'm glad that it could be a triumph. Yeah. Biggest thirst trap. Ooh. I mean... it's stupid i'm trying to be clever is it like the 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 stationary store no but you're kind of a literal thirst trap because i would they they got a drink there at one point oh oh okay you're on the the right path though you're on the right path okay the outside bar Uh, no what have i been obsessed just tell me just tell me just tell me (laughs) what have i been obsessed with oh oh the pine drink (laughs) yes I want it so bad. It's the pine drink. It's that's the pine funny. drink. It's the Korean pine flavored drink. Oh, that's funny. Okay. Uh, most improved. Most improved. Mother. Oh, uh, it's that's it's not funny. It's got to be Jake Young. It's right? Jake Young. Yeah, yeah. I mean, deserve. Was she knocking it out of the park? Park at the end? No, but she she <laughs> took a step up from being a bottom of the garbage pail mother to being a mother who was outside of the garbage pail. <laughs> That's a good way to describe it. She was adequate at the end. <laughs> In the end, she ended up being an okay mom. Sufficient marks. <laughs> All right. Um, most likely to become a rapper in a popular boy group. It's got to be Moon Jung. It's not, though. It's a good answer, but it's not. Remember what I said about how I love inside jokes? <laughs> Is this just an inside joke with... Go. Just tell me. Just tell me. Just say the words. That messed up poster of Yudim on the ground that looked like Chanyo. <laughs> Not just a rapper. Also a beat maker. That's true. And a singer. Also a man. And simultaneously every member of EXO. Because yeah. he wasn't just Suhyap. He wasn't just Suhyap. He was he Luhan. Was... Yes. Suhyan. Sushan. I feel like that's a real the name. Ultimate, the ultimate EXO. The ultimate EXO. Okay. Uh, take, take what time. would win? <laughs> like, um... Uh, no, perfect 10 dive. What would win a perfect 10 dive? Yeah, what would what, what would you give a perfect 10 dive to? Um, it's not funny either. I wasn't funny. <laughs> 
I think it's funny inherently. Uh, like Yurim when she jumped off the diving <laughs> <Yeah>. board. <laughs> Yurim when she jumped off the diving board. Yeah, that is a little dark. I'm not going to lie. It's a little dark. <laughs> a little dark. I appreciate it. I mean, she was fine. All right. Um, most likely to be our neighbor. There were no birds in this. <laughs> you know, I see where you're going. That's not the direction I'm going. <laughs> God, I don't know. Alan Smith. Because he lives oh, everywhere. Oh, right. <laughs> Our favorite white man. Yeah, he could be your neighbor. He could be my neighbor. He could be someone in Canada's neighbor. We don't know. He could the be possibilities neighbor. are endless as long as there's white We're people there. We're just not sure. That's funny. What is your, the, the, the best of all time, New York Times bestseller? Uh, Full House? Uh-huh. Uh, it is. Yeah. That's I a, wanted to say Dragon Raja just to mess oh, with you. Oh, that would have been pretty good, too. But it's Full House. We all know it. Um, all right. Best protagonist. Out of all of them. Yeah. Think think in the same vein. Well, I guess it can't be Alan Smith. <laughs> no. What we were just talking about. <laughs> for yours. Oh, for mine. Lisa, I can't. I'm too, I'm too dumb. It's Hoochie. <laughs> oh, Hoochie. <laughs> the, the hero of the world. It's Hoochie. <laughs> Oh, it's Hoochie. See, I just remember the things that made us laugh. That's how I pick mine. It's <laughs> <laughs> really funny. Okay, now for record of the year. Record of the year? Record of the year. We just had the Grammys not that long ago. What's the record you of the year? You are my starlight. You are my sunshine. That is the real answer that I actually did. <laughs> but yeah. to be funny, I'm going to tell you that the answer is no. Uh-oh. It is Udom's dad singing <laughs> Ik Liebe Dien. Yeah. Is truly the record of the year, and then getting the interrupted by Yudum rudely being like, "I have boyfriend." <laughs> yes, and her parents both being like, "Huh? What? Gross. You have boyfriend? You're moving to Russia." <laughs> oh man, he's a fatherless bastard. <laughs> <laughs> but it's okay. It's okay. It must have been tough for him. Oh, be nice. You're to doing your amazing, mom. sweetie. <laughs> be nice to your mom. Uh, okay okay well thank you so much for watching please be sure to leave a review on the podcast app platform of your choice if you're yeah. getting this on apple you can just type up a little review it'll be short and sweet and to the point and it'll just tell us that we are doing a job you can decide if <laughs> yeah. it's good or bad please please if it's bad maybe don't maybe don't <laughs> be just... nice with your criticisms <laughs> yeah. i'm an easy crier <laughs> It's true. I'm emotionally raw after what I've just experienced. Yeah. You can also join us on our Discord. Our Discord is in uh, the next thing that I'm going to talk about, the Twitter bio. But it is also in uh, the podcast description on the platforms. Your podcasting platform. Whatever you want. Anyway, on Twitter you can find us at DramatizedPod. At D-R-A-M-A-T-I-Z-E-D-P-O-D. On Twitter.com. I love when you spell. Get us on TikTok, too. Yeah. Which is Dramatized Podcast. But if you type up Dramatized Pod, you'll be able to find us as well. I believe in you. Anyway, thanks so much for watching. Reminder that we are taking a week off next week. Or listening. But we will be back. What? (laughs) You said thanks for watching. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I did say thanks for watching. We're not a visual podcast yet. Thanks for listening. I don't know that we'll be a a visual podcast for a while because then I'll have to, like, get ready. Yeah. You know, to be on camera. Yeah. And like set up a little area, whatever. 
Uh, so, so thanks for listening. Uh, and a casual reminder again that you are not going to hear us next week. You're going to not see us either because you never see us. Uh, <laughs> and then we'll be back with business proposal the week after that. Woo-woo! Woo-woo. Anyway, cue the music. <laughs> Freeze <laughs> No, because this is freeze frame. Cue the music. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. Let's roll I was with doing it. so well. I was doing you so really well. You really were. You really were. Freeze frame. Cue the music. Bye. Bye.